everybody. Welcome to Street Fight Radio. Welcome guys, 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 gals, and non-binary pals to number one anarcho comedy radio show on any station across the nation. It's Sunday night, time for a street fight call-in edition. We do our show every single week, two times a week. You can watch us on live stream. We're on YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. Also Facebook. Uh, you can jump in the chat, talk to people as we walk, as they watch along. Um, we got a few folks that keep returning over and over again. I always love to hear your input and see what y'all think about the show. Um, we are taking calls tonight. We have, uh, we do have room in the queue. So if you want to get in, the number is 614-655-3887. You can call and talk to Street Fight Radio. I'm Brett. My co-host is Brian. You know I'm on Twitter at Murder Brian. But uh, we are spreading this mess across the U.S., uh, trying to get more people into a radical state of being, do more activism, and make the world a better place. We also get by on uh, listener donations and support. We provide extra video, zines, and audio over at patreon.com slash Radio, where you can sign up for a monthly donation to get access to all of our bonus materials. And that way we don't have to do advertisements for stupid TV shows or light beer or new snacks in the cracker aisle. You can also support Street Fighter Radio by buying the new gumball tee. So that's here. We got it on the soft t-shirts. This is Gumball 2.0, 2.0. My cat Gumball, uh, who has tried to sabotage every recording of Street Fight we've ever done, uh, has, is back on a shirt. You can go to store.streetfightradio.com to get that, along with uh, the new Icy Jake Terrorist Threats cassette that comes with bonus audio that you can't get anywhere else. So, store.streetfightradio.com is the place to go. Thanks for being here. How are you doing, Brian? Great, great. Yeah, Pete just dropped out. Oh, okay. Am I breaking that news to you first? No, I knew. Yeah, we're uh, recording right after... Mayor Pete dropped out. I don't think he's going to kill any dogs, as many people think. I think he uh, thinks he's going to be the vice president. <laughs> oh, interesting. <clears throat> I mean, it That's seems like move. it's so depressing, isn't it? Like, it's so depressing to see what's going to... Tuesday might not. I'm nervous about Tuesday now. Why? Bit. I just kind of feel like uh, that whole little centrist thing was sort of split up a little bit better. And that, like, maybe if the eggs go in one basket, considering the other more progressive candidate has decided that she is going to stay in forever, uh huh, that this is where it could happen. This is this is where <laughs> we're going to have to go back to being violent revolution guys again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. You never know what's going to happen. I mean, um, honestly, I'm saying this as somebody who, like, I, I'm relatively optimistic, but I am also a guy. This is the thing about me, okay? And this maybe will give you a good look into my personality, which Brett knows, right? Is that, like, Brett knows me well. But the listener, I can give you a little glimpse into my personality. Is basically everything can be good. But I'm always ready for the bad thing to happen. And I'm nervous about the bad thing happening. And it's impossible for me not to feel like the bad thing's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, especially in this case, where like with my regular life, it's like, yes, you know, 
I, okay, I'll give you an example in my regular life. When I go to check my bank account, right? And I have a number in my head of what I think it is. I still expect it to be lower than that. Number. Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just did, but so, like, my heart rate raises knowing what I have and what's coming in and, and like, where I'm at. It doesn't matter how much money I have. I get uh, nervous in the process of checking the yeah. thing. And I think that's, like, where I'm at now, where it's like, I have a lot of confidence maybe that we can win but like i started this year i started january i started in january or december i don't remember when i started saying this but i i just said i can't like and i hate to say this because i know a lot of people depend on me to be more upbeat about stuff i guess but i can't like feel like they're not gonna steal it away i just feel like i've seen it stolen away so many times that it's like very hard for me to like give over to being on the winning team you know? yeah yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely uh it's a it's a tough circumstance but uh i think that there's enough going there's enough uh there's enough going on that um there still is a shot and maybe maybe a finally an Ohio primary vote will meet some mean something. It you will. Know? It I mean, at this point, means something. Because I would say one of the defeatist attitudes I've always had is every time that they're like, I'm like, all right, I'm ready to fight for the Democratic <laughs> candidate. I'm ready to vote for Den Dennis Kucinich, right? Yeah, I'm ready yeah. to go wild on this. They're always like, oh, you're in Ohio. It doesn't fucking matter what you do. They've already <laughs> decided the candidate by then. I know. Well, it will mean something this year. But that's another thing where it's like, you live here and you know uh, you know the politics and I don't think that any battleground state is ever going to pick the most left or most right candidate. You know what I mean? I just don't like I just don't think that Ohio has it in them to pick Bernie Sanders as a choice because Ohio seems like they're afraid of everything. Yeah. Uh, to me, very, very cautious people like yourself. You're an Ohioan through and through. Well, just cautious. I'm cautiously optimistic, but not very optimistic. Because I always just figure, like, I don't know, man. I, I don't remember how I felt in 2016. But I also realized that in 2016, I had more detached. I was more detached from the whole thing. And was just kind of like, I'm just watching it. You know what I mean? But this time... 2016, there wasn't a fighting chance. I mean, I know that it seemed like otherwise, but Bernie Sanders was getting steamrolled by Hillary Clinton. She was a well-oiled machine that was able to, to, to just throw him to the side. Right. By the time they got to Ohio, at least yeah, that was sure. the case and it was over. So I guess, and, and you know, the other thing is I hate about this more than anything is the lack of control you have over any of this stuff where it's like, we have like no control over this. And even if we win, we have no control over the the guy that we elect. You know what yeah. I mean? Like if we elect him, we it, it's not like I'm we're gonna have any control over what happens. You yeah. know? I mean, I would hope we would, but I also saw what happened when Obama won, and there was like all this. We all felt like this great possibility, and then for four years, people just told us like, "Well, he can't really do anything until the the second term." You know, and like uh. I mean, that stuff's been creeping in my head. I just, the lack of control really is frustrating for me because it feels yeah. like we have no power I'm at, at all. Yeah. No, I'm absolutely with you. Uh, I had, um, I don't know how many people saw it. I mean, you assume everybody did, but very, very few people saw me 
very drunk in the middle of the night last week, like just being so negative and pessimistic about the whole thing. But it is a matter of me confronting the feelings of like, am I really going, I like, I can't bring myself to support Democrats. Like I don't care any, I just don't want to be a part of the Democrat process because I don't trust those people, Right. you know? And that's very hard for me to, uh, like you said, switch over to like be a part of the, the, the team that's fighting for, you know the slot yeah. but now is the you know it's a very brief amount of time i've had three years to do anything else besides this shit you know right. yeah that's a good point and and like i saw boots riley's thing today um where he was sort of talking about it because people were giving him shit for not like endorsing warren or whatever and like the way that he put it was like look if we can mobilize this many people for this thing then maybe a little bit of victory will mean that we can mobilize this many people for other things. Yeah. And that way of thinking really makes me feel good. And then like, that's also what I believe. I, I just feel like, okay, there's this thing that's going to happen no matter what. We can't stop the election from happening. And there is this guy that's running that seems to be saying all of, like explicitly saying to, see, we, we thought Obama was saying things, but like when you go back and think about it, it's like, ah, oh, it was like, oh. You were filling it in. Yeah, yeah, we were filling Trump. it in. He is, ex Bernie Sanders is explicitly saying that he wants to do the things that we want. Well, yeah. And it I feel like uh, that is enough of a reason to sort of be like, okay, I'm going to go vote for this guy. I, I, I believe this. You know? Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I do. I, I respect. I have to say, I respect um, Bernie Sanders. Number one, the big one, like I said, was him not liking birthdays. <laughs> him thinking birthdays are bullshit. I agree. Um, but the other one was when he said, uh, "Yeah, middle class, you're going to have to pay more taxes for this." Like when he said it's going to be like one and a half percent or one percent. That was a great number for me because that that was for me when I that was the information I need to be like, okay, I currently pay. Ten thousand dollars a year for health insurance, right? <laughs> yeah, I could trade that in for one and a half increase on my taxes any day. I would take that fucking deal. <laughs> yeah. It is such a good fucking deal. It's and to not have to deal with that labyrinthine, like yeah, a uh, uh, fucking private insurance web that is miserable and hellish. And I and I think I mean I I just. The, to the benefit it's also it's just like my selfish altruism but just let other people get their problems taken care of so that they don't like bring their shit in my life yeah. you know like that uh, well like, i've always said that like part of my leftism is kind of a, an anti-social behavior in that like uh look if we fucking take care of everybody then i never have to like feel I bad i don't feel i am yeah. and like do whatever the fuck i want and every everybody else is okay i won't feel like i should be working 24 hours a day to try to make things better i could just be like you know well yeah. everything's okay for you you know what i mean yeah in, a, in some small way but yeah like living on the backs of people that can't get health care and shit is like that definitely weighs on my conscience you know it's That's like true. that that would be a relief for me just in a very being a very selfish about it like i would be relieved i mean that's a good point too that people don't bring up a lot is that we do live on the backs of people that can't have health care like they are literally like carrying us yeah you know yeah i uh i was thinking also like for some reason i had because we ate we had like 
me and you, our families have ordered in food like two or two times this week. And I was just thinking about how um, I think that some of the logic comes from like you don't want to make food and you hate doing it. So, But once you have the money to pay somebody else to do it, then you don't re- give that person the respect they deserve. You know, like we talk about in fast food and any sort of food food service, like we don't respect the people that are doing the job that we desperately don't want to do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And like, like it's been said a million times this cold and flu season, having sick days and letting people to go, letting working people go get their Z pack so that they don't come and spread all of those fucking germs around is a better for everybody. That's, that's my selfish socialism. Yeah. That's <laughs> like everybody gets a Z pack as soon as it turns fucking January. There's been so much stuff too, like in, uh, in, uh, uh, online this week about the coronavirus vaccine or not vaccine. The test is $3,000 in <laughs> the United States. And like how, I mean, I can't imagine the goddamn thing doesn't spread. We make everybody go to work sick. Everybody, like, you can't call into McDonald's and say, I have the coronavirus because Jackie, the manager, will say you're faking. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know how many times I've called in and been accused of faking being sick, you yeah, know? Yeah, And uh, my... Uh... <laughs> my sister is a nurse, and she shared a pretty good meme. It, uh, it said, if there was a vaccine for the coronavirus, half of y'all wouldn't take it anyway. So shut the fuck up and wash your hands. And be, you know, because all the people that are the outspoken, like being racist about it, are also folks that would never get a vaccine to, yeah, to yeah. solve oh, any yeah. fucking medical problem. Oh, yeah. I mean, they they were talking about the vaccine and they were like worried that like people would not get the vaccine if they had it. But I'm like... I mean, I'll we don't need it. it. We don't need it. <laughs> the regular flu vaccine. That, that's the point. Nobody's gets the regular flu vaccine. That's we need more. We need more of that yeah, than coronavirus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I never fucking know anything about like these this pandemic thing. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I can't say I'm too confident to speak on it. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I don't know. I just try to figure out like what. I guess, like, I try to figure out, like, am, is it going to get me? You know what I mean? <laughs> but I guess I might be okay, I guess. I don't know. It just, that kind of stuff is, like, I'm just watching that from the background. I and also... I mean, that's honestly, though, that is too selfish, though. Because that's, like, a that's a problem that's having in another part of the world. And, like, they are, I mean... It's a much bigger deal in China than it is here. But it's here. It's not, not like in it's any n- sort of serious nature. Sure, though. but people are quarantining and stuff yeah. in this part of the country, we, I think. And we travel, so there's also that. We did start playing the pandemic board game as well. We played Pandemic together, so we yeah. kind of know how these things spread. You and know? those things, I'll tell you what, man, you they are hard to stamp out. Yeah, if someone draws another contagion card when there's already three blocks on the city, it, it's just an outbreak and... It's tough to manage. I honestly don't know, man. I, I, you know, I hope the whole thing's okay. I just don't have a lot of faith in the United States ever being able to handle something like this. Like I just, because our healthcare system's so fucked, I like, I don't know how we would ever handle it. You know, I've been handling it by every time someone makes a coronavirus thing, I um, talk to them about the meaning of Orientalism. Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm just making it like, you know, I hope you're not being too racist when you say when you make that joke. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> but it's coronavirus has taken off as a uh, pretty big uh, punchline. I mean, I just think of it as I don't think of it like even as a punchline. I just think of it like every time they say there's one closer to here, I'm like, uh oh. Yeah, well, I've yeah. heard a million jackasses at this point say a coronavirus punchline. I for sure, like. for sure. I, I believe that. I mean, that is, we, that's how we deal with things in yes. this country. Yes. Is we make a joke about it and then all that. Uh, man, let me look. Uh, I think, do we have calls? Yeah, we got calls. Well, let's take some calls. People then. like to talk. Let's get them talking. Hey, thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hello? Hey, who's this? Hey, this is Andrea from New York. What's up, Andrea? How are you tonight? I'm good. How are you? I'm okay. I'm a little bit tired, but I'm 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 hanging in there. <laughs> I'm doing well. All right. I'm doing well. We got out well, like 400 uh, Means TV shirts today. Uh, it was grueling, but uh, I felt accomplished. Oh yeah, that's a lot of. Well, I'm calling because I have a shitty bartending story to tell you. Ooh, oh, okay. Wonderful. We were very pro bartender yeah, last so, week. Yeah, that that guy was awesome. I, I loved listening to him talk. Yeah, um, he was great. Bartenders have to deal with the worst shit. So I only bartend on Fridays and Saturdays at this brewery in town. And uh, yesterday, we opened at noon, and I was... I had my back turned to this couple when they walked in. I was filling a growler. And I had my Feel the Burn mug at the end of the bar that I was drinking my coffee out of. And I hear this old dude just start screaming, socialism. They got a social, they're, they're pro-socialism in this, in this place. And this dude's wife is just like, shut up, shut up, shut up. And I'm just like not looking at him, just listening to him bitch about this Bernie Sanders mug that I have. And pretending I can't hear him. So the owner's like behind the bar talking to somebody else about, you know, beer or whatever. And uh, so I can't really give him the business like I normally would. Yeah. <laughs> so like I, 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 yeah. So like I give the, the guy the growler that I was filling and then I picked up my, my mug of coffee and I, I was holding it in my hand and I go to this guy that's bitching and I was like, Hey, what can I get for you? And I just took a big sip out of my coffee mug. And this guy <laughs> shut right the fuck up. But I'm just like, really, dude, if this was a MAGA mug, you would not you would not be complaining about it at all. You'd be like high fiving me and stuff. Well, well yeah, I mean, whatever the mug it, it, it was just the one there are so people have such strong reactions to Bernie Sanders <laughs> these days. You know, and this is this is I'm not gonna say this is right or okay, but when it comes to getting angry. There's a moment when you can pull the throttle and just keep it rolling. And if you're going to, if you decide to scream and yell inside of an establishment, if somebody confronts you like that, I feel like you got to pull the throttle. Like you just got to get madder. You just got to get so mad that you storm out of the place because otherwise you look like a yeah. coward. It looks like you don't, you don't believe in shit. You know, you're just going to sit right, here and then you just sat sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Like he sat there for an hour and like drank and it's just like you, I, you sit here, you bitched for like five minutes about this mug and now like you have nothing to say for it and this this guy's wife is just like shut up shut up and he's just like i can't believe you have a socialism mug inside of a business Are, <laughs> did he end up giving you a tip i you know i don't even know i think he paid with credit card probably not who knows 
Guy, I, I'll tell you, uh, I had the same thing happen to me today. A uh, guy was like yelling at me about the minimum wage. And I was like, uh, Where at? on Twitter. Oh. And I was like, well, I think the minimum wage could be a lot higher. I, I'd like to see it be $20 an hour. And the guy's like, why not 40? Why not 100? And I was like, true. Why not 40? Why not 100? <laughs> I'll fucking give them anything, really. Yeah, yeah, that sounds you know? great. And then he's right. telling me, like, what about hiring 16-year-olds or felons? And I'm like, they deserve the exact same amount of money as anybody else doing a fucking job. And he's like, so you think yes. felons deserve $100 an hour? And I was like, sure, yeah, I guess. <laughs> if that's the fucking thing we're arguing about. Because I kept saying, like, I have to deal in reality. Because I, I, this is what I do to conservatives. I only do this to conservatives. I never do this to liberals. I'm like, I own a business and I pay my employees $20 an hour. All of them. Yeah, And, yeah. uh... And and they always are like, well, uh, doesn't that take money out of your pocket? I'm like, yes, but it also takes work out of the work that I have to do. And they're like, he's like, why right. don't you let your employees make democratic decisions about your work? And I was like, I mean, our employees do whatever they want whenever they want. The only thing they don't have any input on is the actual material. You know what I mean? <laughs> like yeah. It, it's just a very weird, like, these people, it's so weird how people can't understand, like, I I just think about, like, the leverage, with the Sanders thing, right? Like, with the minimum wage, with uh, uh, Medicare for all, and debt reimbursement, and free college, I just think of all of the leverage a, 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 a worker has at that point, where it's yeah. just like, if you're not going to fuck you. I don't need to stay here. You know what I mean? Right. And that's what I hope right. for. That's what I, I think that like when you can articulate that to the people that are voting in the general election, when you can articulate the negotiating power you'll have under this system, then uh, I think you win every time. And I've said, I mean, I've, I mean, also your interaction is exactly what we can expect from the coming months. These people <laughs> are cowards. These people do not believe uh. what They've just read online about socialism. They've read online about this stuff and they go into chat rooms and talk to other grizzled, old, annoying, angry men about it. And uh, you, they're not going to do shit when we when we make them uh, have free health care and when we make them make their grandkids go to college for free. They're not going to do a shit about it. Yeah. Well, and the minimum back to the minimum wage thing, too. Like, I also have a business like bartending is just kind of my side job. And I pay my employees really well. And they all have a say. I only have one employee other than myself. But, yeah, it takes money away from me, but it also is making me money also. You know, so yeah. I want to make sure that I pay her enough so she's going to want to stay. And you also I don't, don't have to worry. About <laughs> you also, those people, those conservative people that are just kind of like working whatever job that also think that someday they're going to own a business. They like, don't understand why you hire people. Like right. <laughs> even just the fundamental idea of how I, we hired people because so they could do stuff we don't want to fucking do, which I believe deserves good pay. They're doing things that For I sure. don't have now. I don't have to do anymore. Brett doesn't have to do anymore. And like, that is like, that is why you hire somebody. And even just to, and if you can't afford to hire somebody, you have to do the fucking stuff. Yeah. If you can't pay somebody a living right. wage, you have then you have to do it all. 
which we did. And right. like, uh, I just think that like, I think that's something that they don't understand. Like they don't understand that like they're being asked when you work for, especially for a small business, you're, you're doing stuff that like the people that don't have to do it hired you to like the, you hiring people to do like tedious, boring, oh, yeah. shitty stuff. Oh yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I, I, I mean like. It'll, I think that it could be very fun to argue with them, but they are going to pull that at, to a lot of working people too, where it's like, oh, you know, I can't say anything back. I would fucking destroy you if I, right. and you know what the, I mean? Had yeah. the owner not been there, I would have. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't do and the sassy bar. Regular shit. Could you do the sassy bartender you thing? You should have gave them the sassy bartender routine. Well, I, I generally do. <laughs> I just, this was a situation I could not do with it yesterday. Yeah. Owners, owners do ruin it. Owners can really ruin the set. Like I like a sassy bartender, but I have noticed that when the owner or the boss is there, they like, or they feel, I, it's probably how I felt when I was working where it just felt like when the owner was standing next to you, you felt like constantly scrutinized. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. Similar to like my personal trainer, who is like the fun, jokey, like popular guy at the place. Like when the managers are around and they wanted to like do like official corporate stuff, all of a sudden they have like issues with the jokes that he makes, even uh, though we love them all. Everybody right. was like, "I love your jokes, dude." Right? And then when the corporate, like, yeah. Then the work function when it's a work <laughs> function, they're like, "No, no, you can't, you can't joke like that." <laughs> Well, I'm lucky because I have like really great regular customers that come in. And last week, some dude comes in with a, a MAGA hat and he's just being, you know, a typical MAGA person. And as he was walking out the door, one of my regulars turns around and goes, hey, MAGA baby, am I right? And it's like, I, I'm just glad that I have other customers like that that will back me up. Can I ask? Because I'm if, not in... Somebody I got out of the service industry in 2016, so I I haven't done anything like this since 2016. Uh, are the MAGA people like significantly were the worst customers that you have? Like just yes. just not as in like their politics are obviously their politics are horrible and stuff, but are they also like the most demanding, cheapest customers you have? Yes, and also. <laughs> you would be talking about something not even related to it. And they always bring it up. That's their, that's they're always, that's them always that way. They are always steering something into Trump. The, and it's literally just Trump. Yeah, it exactly. used to be, it used to be like conservatism. They like had an ideology and they would steer it into like, well, we can't pay people the minimum wage because rich people will move or whatever their thing yeah. was back then. They would just say, or, yeah. like, or they would throw to like Thomas Jefferson into something or some shit. Now they tie everything back to Trump, which makes them seem a million times dumber to me. <laughs> oh, for sure. 100%. Where it's like, you can almost, re I respect, here's the thing. I don't like Thomas Jefferson and the Founding Fathers, but uh, I respect people's uh, 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 looking up to them be because it's the same as religion. It's yeah. like, you look at religious people and you're like, I can't believe this person believes in Jesus or whatever. 
but you're like, I understand this person believes in Jesus because they grew up in a world where everybody wouldn't shut up about Jesus. Right. You know, and that's what that's that's like a lot of founding father people. They just never got past yeah. the like Thomas Jefferson. But Trump is just like, I just I never believe it's a fucking cult. Like, that's all. Yes. It is. It's a cult. Yeah, you're totally right. I never believed that people were really like inspired by him like I, I didn't even in 2016 i like didn't want to believe that it was like a, a a a cult of personality around the guy wanted to believe that people just wanted to throw like a molotov cocktail into the uh oval office you know what i mean i wanted to believe that people yeah, were yeah, like yeah. oh he's a dipshit but he's our dipshit and and you know maybe he'll fuck some stuff up or or whatever i thought they were kind of thinking like accelerationists in a weird way but now i look at them and i'm like no they like are really into this doughy baby man that comes into this orange <laughs> doughy man you know what I mean? no i follow him i follow a lot of them on I instagram <laughs> i mean it, it feels i mean they're always um they always have it is, it is like you said, it's it's shorthand for conservatism in a way where it's Trump was trying to save all these people and everybody else tried to stop him. Are you on Trump's side or not? Yeah. Right. Trump was trying to save right. us all. Right. Uh, are you in or out? Like, that's the game. Right. I mean, but we're this. I mean, we're the same with Bernie Sanders. So <laughs> in a way, I mean, we do like I, I mean, I, I try not to get like mad when somebody doesn't like them yeah but i also don't run up against that very often yeah in I mean, my life a, everybody likes them i think i don't think it's this it's definitely not the same it's just to 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 some people it does they feel like it's just like you're enamored with this person but well i do feel like i see enough people saying it's a means to an end you know that i still feel fairly confident and yeah. i don't think that a lot of the left that was established before 2016 which wasn't huge but it existed I don't mm -hmm. think a lot of that the left is like you I, you would hope that they wouldn't if he was a disappointment that they would be willing I know I will be willing to say it. Yeah. Oh know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cuz I I always looked at like 2004 as being uh when Bush got reelected in 2004 I always thought about like how like you, there's no way you can believe that everything's better now that he's president and 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 i figured you know you're gonna vote for Kerry, and then after that was over like the the post-mortem on that to me was like man a lot of people believed in george bush after 9 11 and they just would have felt silly voting against him you know what i mean and that was all yeah, it was yeah, for sure so i i think like uh i i hope that we're the type of people who are like if you know you need to make this stuff happen now we we did all this work we took time out of everything else and uh now we need you to do you know what i mean now no, we need no. you to do what you said yeah. you right, were gonna right. do yeah you right. know yeah right right i just i guess maybe for me it's just frustrating in that it's just people think of it as like oh this person's obsessed with somebody but people are just obsessed with trump i know in a way that doesn't right. make any sense to me they don't like the dialysis guy that's going to wants to kill is going to kill himself because he can't bring a cardboard cutout of Trump to his dialysis. That's a guy. Oh, I don't you don't know, know about that guy. That. Nobody knows about that guy. No. Is that mini death cult thing? I, I don't know it. whose it is. So there's a guy that's on dialysis in Florida, oh. and he's been bringing a tiny statue that was Trump and him that his brother made a little like uh, Photoshop standee. 
So he shows up. He wears Trump shoes to get dialysis. He wears a Trump hat. Um, so anyways, he rolls up oh to dialysis God. and he has a full seven foot or six foot tall, like fucking uh, cardboard cutout of Trump. And he said he just wants to know that while he's getting his treatment that Donald Trump is looking over him and is like presiding over the, the, the health of the nation and it brings him comfort. So anyways, he goes to walk in. He did it the first time. The story goes on the second time he walks in and this woman says, ah, get this out of here. This is not a Trump rally. You cannot bring that in here. It's a nuisance. It gets in the way of the machinery. This is, we're not set up to have cardboard cutouts. He took his Trump standout stand up and went home and has not been back. In the in the article I read, the dialysis people were like, "We're really worried about him because this is could become serious very quickly. Please come get your treatment. You have to do it." So he's gonna he's gonna die I for mean, Trump. Where did I it's hear time that? To start coughing, shopping. Oh my god! I mean, it yeah, is... I'm gonna get fucking renal failure because because you love Donald Trump so much. I mean, do you ever think about like even the people... Trump coffin? Trump coffin yeah. is oh a lot of money. God. Yeah, I can. Can I make there those? Gotta be one. I think a lot about the people who who uh, um will like fly the people that like really respect the American flag, but for election year replace it with a MAGA like a Trump MAGA flag right. outside, and it's like you like that. I mean. Like, I feel like I should be able to knock on their door and call them a fake patriot, like a fake fan of America. <laughs> like, you don't like America. Oh God, you like fucking Trump. Way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where's your flag? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I see a lot of that stuff. Or the people that get, like, uh, um, really big things custom. There is a custom-made sign in my neighborhood that has been there since, like, uh, uh, November hanging up. And it says, uh, Trump 2020, make America again. Oh, wow. Which is like, okay. Oh, Deranged. <laughs> they messed the sign up. We've and got a couple of houses in the area that they um, have on their, their the front of their house. It's the Trump, like from the Trump Towers. It's the letters that they have put up, like on their front porch to make it their house seem like they live in, it's, it's, bizarre it and there's the shittiest houses it's it makes zero sense they can't stop bringing it up either i mean every time i'm with my father-in-law yeah. he's talking about the latest cool thing donald trump did yeah you know? they have no yeah it's not even any consideration i mean even if like like i think that i have more consideration for them that's what drives me crazy about some of my in-laws right is yeah. that th like i i'm actually willing to come to this and People that listen to my show think I'm a fucking sellout for sitting and breaking bread with the people here. But if you wouldn't bring up fucking Kaepernick protests every time that we're trying to pass something around the table, like it would make it a lot easier. You know, right. like you're picking fights the right. whole they're picking fights the entire time they're around. Yeah, they do it to service yeah, workers if, so if, much. If you or I would have brought something. Yeah, oh my God. Yeah. I I just wanna say, like, to all the service workers out there. Like, I'm thinking about you this whole year. It's going to be so bad. It's going to be so bad. And I only do it two, two nights a week, so I can't imagine doing it, you know, as a full-time job. I would probably murder somebody. I mean, you're probably also semi-safer in a brewery than you might be at, like, a, a supermarket. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, at a super, I think that there are going to be, this is the comment I believe that supermarket cashiers and baggers are going to hear this year. Well, they don't hire baggers anymore. Um, That's a whole thing I'm angry about. But uh, here's a whole thing that supermarket cashiers are going to have to hear all year. Oh, I'll bet you're into Bernie Sanders because of the uh, old uh, $15 an hour minimum wage, right? And it's like just oh, sort of this like insulting way of talking to that. Yeah, they, they will. They'll be, or because I've had people break the ice with me at times kind of being like, can, like you'll be standing at like a, a fucking Taco Bell and it's taking a long time and you'll have a dude like try to break the ice with you and be like and these people want $15 an hour and you're like motherfucker no don't talk to me about that i'm not your friend i'm yeah. their friend i'm their friend yeah. <laughs> right exactly <laughs> that's the white that that is the, that's like being a white guy oh. that's over 30 <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, we, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. We haven't done it too much, and I don't want to. It's not meant meant to complain, but part of my radicalization was a lot of like being having just some random white dude like lean over and say something racist or homophobic. I'm like, well, what is that? Like, where did you think I was going to be on with you? Why did you think I was going to be on board with that? You know, I had a guy. I had a, yeah, yeah. What's that say about me? I had yes, I had a supervisor that knew that I liked comedy. And he pulled me aside one time and told me some of the like most stock racist street jokes ever. Yeah. That, that, that you know, everybody would already know anyway, you know? And I just looked at him different from that day for and was like, he's the fucking boss. Yeah, that guy's this in charge. Is in charge of the people oh. here, you know. Making work boot jokes and shit. Yeah, yeah, I hate when that happens because then you like can't walk, you can't be near them without having that in the back of your head. Like that's all you can think about from now on. It's so weird when people like I I I I don't get that conservative impulse to let you know their beliefs, like because I don't have it really. I mean, we're sneaky communists, right. dude. We're <laughs> just trying to be good, decent people that get along with folks and then convince them to advocate for everybody. That's what I. That's said. our insidious plot. They, I mean, they do have us. <laughs> I don't have that thing Why? where I don't have that thing where like if I'm in an argument with my uh with or if I'm hanging out at a place and a guy walks up to me I'm like oh you know it'd fix this a little bit of uh, communism I think <laughs> yeah maybe get a vanguard in here change you everything start up start doing that <laughs> yeah start doing it would be funny it would be maybe funny. an old age you could be that'll be, be- your crotchety old man fade. You'll yeah. be like at the laundromat at one in the morning. Just this should all be nationalized. You know what that means? You know what nationalized means? <laughs> really means? <laughs> it's like that episode of uh, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm when he didn't want to talk to anybody, so he started wearing a MAGA hat. That was very was so funny. <laughs> it was very funny, so, yeah, man. Yeah, we could do that opposite, you know? Oh, God. Nobody would want ever want. Conservative stuff. Nobody would ever want to be around me again. It would be incredible because it it, it, it really it is like bad. you would shock somebody to death if you just leaned over in line with them at the grocery store and be like, I think these cashiers should be making $20 an hour. <laughs> They're like, excuse me? <laughs> they take their headphone out like, what was that? <laughs> I'm gonna do that tomorrow. I'm gonna uh, do that tomorrow. You should. Look, God bless. They deserve. They're working so hard. They should get twenty dollars an hour plus bonuses (laughs) and health insurance. Jesus always told me the meek will inherit the earth, and that's pretty meek to me. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm gonna do this. I'm now gonna become a folksy communist that bothers people in the store with my beliefs. <laughs> Thanks for the we'll inspiration. Yeah, yeah, stand it in the cereal yeah. aisle and just being like, oh, don't you hate all these choices? It's mostly corn. We yeah. could just consolidate this to a few things and nationalize the whole thing. You just come in and grab it without even paying for it, you know? And then they'll be like, uh, yeah. excuse, I okay. Uh, <laughs> I want dinosaur eggs well, in my oatmeal, though. <laughs> Those dinosaur eggs are impressive at any age. Well, thanks for calling in, Andrea. That was really fun. Yeah, and I wanted to tell you, Brian, I really enjoyed you singing Megadeth next last week. I, I hope you t to hear you uh, sing a little bit more. Oh, you know what? I'll tell you what. Uh, on the Patreon, we're doing some kind of monster, and uh, I think I do sing Megadeth on that, too. But I'll sing it. I, I'll sing it by the end of the night, I promise. All right. More All right, have a good night. All right, you, you too. You take a mortal man <laughs> and put him in control. <laughs> Watch him become a god. I don't know the next line. Yeah. Sweating bullets. <laughs> that guy. Hello, me. It's me again. Nice talking to myself. That's yeah. a good line. Killed That's it. when I always remember Killer. And the video was him in like uh, uh, the padded room with the straight jacket on, but then him also standing up and talking to him, and then another him like yeah, standing that up. That feels and like my life. Stuff. That's I'm <laughs> twisted like that myself. Sweating bullets. That's a good song. Sure. I mean, nothing. He he's in some kind of monster, he's and great. I gotta tell you, that guy puts on. He puts on a great. A great show. Dave Mustaine knows how to weaponize trauma. <laughs> he rolls up into Metallica's, their little inner circle. He rolls up and is like, basically for the last 25 years, I've been thinking about how I'm playing second fiddle in Metallica. Eats me up every single night of my life. What do you got to say about that? <laughs> like, God damn, dude. I think you're fine. You're not broke. Like he's you're certainly acting. not struggling. Oh no, he totally he's is. so acting, man. No, he's, he's like, perfect. How do you think it feels to be number two? And it's like, well, if you consider the amount of bands, I think it should feel pretty fucking yeah, good. Yeah, also like Slayer's probably <laughs> Number two. I'd love to be number two. <laughs> uh, all right, let's see who's on the line next. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? I didn't press the button right. Howdy. Hey, it's Emily. How's it going? What's up, Emily? How are you tonight? I am. I am pretty good. I am warning you right now. I just had to, uh, I kind of forgot that I was calling in, and then I took my migraine medicine, so I'm, I'm a little loopy at the moment. But oh, I'm man. calling in because I got uh, I got an important question that I really would like to, I don't know, hear what your callers uh, think because I've been pulling like everybody about this. Yeah. For anyway, those... So I wrote this. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. You, you do it. You do it. No, no, no. Oh, I wrote this book. <laughs> I wrote this book called On the Clock and uh, somehow it got picked for the Senate Democratic Caucus's like book club, book talk. So I'm going down to the Capitol on Thursday and I get an hour with them and an hour with their staff and it's all off the record and I can say anything I want. And I've already like pretty much written out what I'm going to say, but it's been a really interesting experience just sort of talking to just everybody, everybody I meet, everybody I met canvassing, everybody I just interact with in my day to day life. I've been asking them like, Hey, if you had this shot, um, to just say for like an hour with all the Democratic senators and their staff, like, 
what would you try to do with that hour? And specifically, what misconceptions do you think they have about normal people that you would try to like see if you could possibly put a crack in them? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Emily G on Twitter. Uh, your book on the clock is uh, about going to work. How much it sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yep. what is so you want do you want you want street fighters to weigh on this like in modern the modern workplace like what's the most frustrating things if we only had like a chance to say one thing to our our congress well yeah that in general but most like specifically to democrats yeah and it doesn't really have to like it can do about work because like that is mostly what i'm talking about but it's also just like what, what, what do they have wrong? What, what do they fundamentally just like not understand right? And that maybe like a story or a, like a, if I perform it right, you know, like with lots of emotion and stuff, I don't know. It, you can get ideas across to people sometimes. Yeah. But it's, it's got to be con- kind of concise and I don't know. Yeah, Whatever, yeah, like, it's been really interesting just hearing what so many people's thoughts are on what's uh, what misconceptions in particular they think that Congress has. And, yeah. uh, I think, yeah. they, I think the big misconception, I, I think the thing that, that like I, a lot of people would like to hear somebody talk about is like in instability of schedules, like, like how so many people now, Oh, that's in there. Yeah. Yeah. How so many people now just don't have any control over their time or their life. The, the schedules are not stable at all for anybody. I, I was actually yeah. thinking the I find same. it insane that the Democrats have not tried to have not even, it doesn't even seem to have occurred to them to try to take back the like, yeah, we're the party for families. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the, it's like the people that I know, like you, it, those kind of schedules mean you can't spend time with your kids. Like a lot of times you can't spend time with your spouse. You're like irritable all the time with your kids and your spouse. It's just, yeah, like that's not a way to live. Yeah, I, would, I was going to say it's related to that. I wasn't trying to go for the big pitch of Medicare for all, but it is the way that... um scheduling works and the amount of part-time jobs that are available versus like full-time things. Uh, I know people are working like 30 hours a week so that they don't end up being full-time and then they have to get a second job. And then all that stuff that you just said about not having a life other than like traveling between two jobs that aren't permanent solutions, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a ma- it really is if people will work, like to the death people are it's it's not a people aren't unwilling to to be employed or to do a job it's just that the landscape has changed so much now that everyone has a side gig uh or everyone is you know on 1099s and aren't getting benefits or they have benefits that they can't make work for them um that's that's what i feel like was the most confusing things about jobs for me i also i also feel like a lot of the democrats i mean with like the with the exception of like aoc and some of the the younger democrats like i think they all worked in a world that was like wildly different to now in just like the gig economy is so big number one which leads people to work 16 hour days and uh that Mm -hmm. also 
that they just don't even think about the fact that everything's open 24 hours now that that like schedules yeah are so much different because shit used to close at like nine or ten even when i was a teenager stuff closed at nine or ten there wasn't like it was a big deal when a place was like we're open 24 hours now everything's expected to be available 24 hours and you need workers to make all of those things happen yeah i think about that so much when i'm like going trying like if i'm in the city i'm trying to like find a cvs or something at you know 11 or 1 in the morning or, or when i need something out of the ordinary i'm just like probably just wait for this until tomorrow it wouldn't be the end of the world if i had to wait for this another day it would yeah. not be that much of a problem <laughs> yeah i do think but I, yeah there's a there's a lot about scheduling in there in the in the talk good good I, I and you even think about it with like prime and stuff like that it's like if you really need this why don't you just get up and go get it like <laughs> if you need this by tomorrow yeah like it seems unrealistic yeah, move, to be man. able to order and deliver a thing it seems unrealistic for that to even be something that should exist or should be an expectation for anybody yeah i mean also i mean uh, the big one is it is the minimum wage i mean it hasn't moved in so long and the amount of money yeah you know that you get paid for doing even just data entry let's not like not even trying to to focus on fast food or like food service or anything uh people that are doing call you know uh telemarketing people that are doing data entry uh at some at small businesses are making 11 dollars an hour 12 dollars an hour and um, that doesn't get you anything in most cities like you can't rent an apartment for that kind of a wage mm -hmm. you gotta i mean you have to well, have I roommates think, well, what, I, what i think is like go ahead sorry yeah Oh, I was going to say, like, what you were saying earlier, like, that is one of the things that I'm, like, one of the really big, and it's, like, almost philosophical misconceptions that I try to hit is, like, all the people that I worked with were, like, really hardworking. They wanted to work. They wanted to, like, I, I don't know, just this misconception that if you don't just, like, hold the whip over people constantly, all then they're just going to, like, goof off and... It's just like if you if you pay them enough that's not insulting, then you're they're gonna work for you like they're gonna be happy to do a job for you. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've been. I, that's something I always think about. Is like if I was ever given any kind of a, a, a an opportunity, if I was ever given any kind of a stake in a company or or any reason to care about my bosses, I probably would have kept working regular jobs. It was really. I was depressed because, or, or I ended up quitting all of the jobs that I had because it felt like I, it, it felt like the juice wasn't worth the squeeze sort yeah. of thing. Like it just didn't feel like it was worth it to go to work, to still be broke all the time and also be miserable and also be working overtime and stuff. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. I mean, that is, that, that kind of is the summation of it all is that we are actually working constantly all the time and it doesn't, hard work doesn't pay. It doesn't, you don't get anything. Everybody's working hard and the pay is going down and the rewards are less than what they used to be. And that is the most miserable thing is I remember going and driving forklifts and doing mandatory overtime and then never thinking I would own a house, like never expecting to ever own a house or to pay off my girlfriend's student loans at the time. Like we never had any money. I for never thought I was going to own a house. Right. 
then that that's kind of stuff has been pushed so far away because working is has just so far behind like if you're if any job is not paying enough we're we are in a stunted we are in a completely stunted uh economic situation because i i mean there is it's the amount of money it takes to get most things done these days is not enough you know uh is, is the the jobs are not paying that amount i guess you know Mm-hmm. Well, I just wanted to, to drop it into the call-in show tonight, and uh, because I had to take my migraine medicine and I'm kind of loopy, I am just going to take my response off the air, if that's all right. All right. Thank well, you for, for calling. calling again. Good night, guys. Good night. Peace. That's Emily Gundelsberger. She wrote the book, On the Clock. It's available from uh, Little Brown Books. Uh, it's out right now. It's popular. It's a good book. It is. It's Lots a of book about working, like baby. You follow her on Twitter at Emily G E M I L Y G E E. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like we said everything, but there is those little persnickety things that stick I and mean, like you're just make you mad. I mean, I guess like there are stuff that we're probably even missing because it's like I said when we were having the conversation there. It is just like that the, 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 the employment markets shift so fucking much, man. It's just like constantly this changing thing. And, uh, you know, I don't know how long it takes to be out of like that part, like to be out for me, spent my whole entire, a lot of my life in the service industry, only really been out of it for like three or four years. And, uh, I've, it's different from even when I left and I was driving for Lyft. Dude, I mean, you know? I did. I mean, I just remember working for discover card for like 14 months and every single month they changed all of the reward systems. And they, in like every single month you showed up, you got 1% less of what you got the month before. They just had a new scheme to track calls or to do metrics that would make sure that nobody got fucking bonuses. And that seemed to be their main goal was just getting people more comfortable and making it so that the jobs were easily replaceable so that you could just be slotted in and out. And, uh, you know, they didn't want it. They didn't want me to be there for longer than 14 months. I think, I feel like that was part of their system. Like I was supposed to become obsolete after a year. Once I realized that they were never going to give me any more money, you know? Yeah. Cause they can then hire somebody cheaper right. and do that for a year and then hire somebody new entry level. And you know, that's also like that contractor shit is, is like such a big deal. Uh, that, that the contractor stuff really kind of like, uh, has I've seen it fuck so many people now that the the okay I got a job at a major corporation as a contractor and they said that they would hire me on in three months and they never hire them on yeah that's been a change that I mean that's why things have like folded in on themselves too where all these apps and side gigs and hustles came out and then the corporation started borrowing them doing temporary employment or doing trial periods or doing in you know contractor with a pathway to employee and stuff which mm-hmm. is just a way to keep the cost as of uh paying people as low as possible for as long as possible exactly yeah yeah All and right. i've seen it happen so much let's see uh who's on the line here who are you hey what's up am i on hey, hey, yo. hey you guys hear me yep we hear you hey we yo, i gotta be carried 
I gotta tell you guys, I'd love to tell you my actual name, but my my name tonight is Terry. What's up, Terry? I got some illegal shit to talk on. Okay. I got some shoplifting shit to talk on. Oh, good. You're not getting so us arrested. What's up? Listen. No, no, it's all good, bro. It's all good. Here's what's going on. Is uh, so I deliver packages for Amazon, right? Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I sometimes actually I'm doing it right now. I'm literally at my job right now. I'm just being hanging out on the line delivering the packages. Woo! And uh, yeah, woohoo! Right on. So here's the thing. I deliver to the to the you know fancy downtown Amazon offices sometimes, right? And uh, they got all this fancy tech shit in there. Like, you know, that bartender was talking about Seattle, how it's like a tech town. Well, mm-hmm. my town's a lot like that. And, you know, they give those guys all that fancy shit. Like, you can have, like, you know, food is provided for you and whatnot. And I work in the warehouse, right? But I'm still working for Amazon. I'm like, how come we don't get any of that fancy shit? I don't get to eat out at work much. You know, like, they give us, I don't know, they give us Subway at Christmas time. That's about it. Yeah, why, why, but, why, uh, why, why don't the people in the warehouse get a San Pellegrino fountain like everybody else? Where they, know yeah, they want sparkling water on their lunch saying. breaks, right? You want a nice IPA on a Friday? You want <laughs> yeah, to do right. IPA Fridays just like the front office does. Please. So here's my solution, right? So uh, on my way to work, I pass a Whole Foods. And, uh, you know, Amazon owns, owns Whole Foods, right? Yes. So, uh, so I'm figuring, I'm just, I'm just, every day I'm going to work, and on my way, I'm going to stop in. I'm going to get something from the, the salad bar there, you know, the hot bar. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to take it, right? Like, fuck okay. it. You know, yeah, same employee. What they were providing these other workers, I gotta rectify the situation, you know, right? You deserve that. Anyway, for real so this too. is what's something that uh, this is something that uh, that Brian thinks said a while back. He says, uh, "I don't even know if they have wash prevention at, at Whole Foods, right?" They you understand that? And I- uh, here's the story. So I've been doing this about six months at this point, and I go in there like I do every day. I get my salad bar, you know, I kind of look left, look right, walk out, and all of a sudden I feel this hug from behind. And I'm like, what is this? Is my friend hugging me? Like, what's going on? I don't know anybody around here. And then I hear the guy say in my ear, it's Whole Foods loss prevention. Oh, no. Oh, no. no. Like, what? I'm like, what? Okay. I'm like, listen, man. Like, this is like $4 worth of fucking salad. Like, I'll just pay for it. And he's like, nope. Nope. And he like, he's this little shithead, red-faced looking guy. And he's wearing like a tracksuit and sweatpants. And he's got his hands in his pockets, right? And he's got shit in his pockets. Like, it looks like he's got some fucking handcuffs or something in there. And I don't want to get the handcuffs. So I'm just like, okay, listen, man, like, whatever. Let's just talk about this. We can work it out. It's all good. And he's like, all right, well, you got to come with me. He, like, frog, march- frog marches me through the Whole Foods into the back, right? And all the fucking employees are eyeballing me. And I'm sitting there in the back. He's like, all right, you got to give me your ID. I'm like, well, listen, I don't know who you are. You got to give me your ID. You're just like some punky fucking just came up to me. Like, you okay. know, I'm not giving you shit. Fair. He's like, all right, well, that's the way you want to play it. Well, we're going to have to bring the cops in. I'm like, oh, all right, whatever. Like, I'm just, I'm not giving you shit unless you can talk with me like a reasonable person. You know, if I got to tell you who I am, you're going to tell me who you are kind of thing. Uh-huh. So anyway, we're sitting there waiting for the cops for a while. And uh, this guy's like kind of, you know, he's trying to like be a, a, a hard ass, right? Like he's trying to give me some attitude. And oh, hey, by the way, they work in teams of three. So it was him and there were two other tracksuit motherfuckers, one guy and one gal. And they were all like posted around the store right okay so here's the thing they don't do it all the time they're on a schedule in fact this guy let's slip to me he's kind of an idiot right he's telling me oh we got off at five i'm like oh well shit i'm just gonna have to come do my shoplifting after five right <laughs> yes anyhow 
<laughs> so we're sitting back there, and he's trying to be a hard ass and whatnot. I'm just, I'm just shutting up. I'm not saying nothing. We sit there for about 45 minutes, and I'm late for work, right? And I'm like, fuck, I'm late for work. Like, I hope this doesn't escalate. Anyway, long story short, the cop rolls up eventually, and he's like, listen, like, this is a very small amount of food. Like, this is what we call, literally he says, this is what we call not a big deal. <laughs> and uh, it was funny, because as soon as the cops, as soon as the cops showed up, the fucking, like, shithead security guard guy, all of a sudden, he's all, yes, sir, no, sir. Like, you know, kissing the fucking guy's yeah. ass, because he obviously is a cop wannabe. Yeah. He's a cop wannabe, and he's, he's thinking he's getting a bust. That's but his commanding officer. Like, fuck, like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. And, but the cop's just like, no, this, is, this isn't worth our time. You know what I mean? So anyhow, uh, I, I just get out of there. The guy's just like, okay, you're free to go. And I'm like, thanks. I'm like, can I, can I at least have the food? Because I'm hungry. And he's like, nah. I'm like, all right. Sorry about that. You asked for the <laughs> so food? Anyway, I'm watching. I asked for the food, yeah, man. I, I, guess hungry. <laughs> I got a good Jason story. The cop just that. said it wasn't a big deal, though. Yeah, exactly, right? He's like, no, we can't do that, but like, you can't come back here for a year. You're, you're banned from Whole Foods. I'm like, all right, whatever. And oh. I'm walking out, and the cop's like, listen, man, like, you got to tell me, like, why, why'd you do it? I'm like, look, I'm... I'm broke these days, you know, like, I was just really hungry, I need something to eat, and, uh, that's the truth, you know? Uh-huh. And he's just like, okay, whatever, he lets me go. Anyhow, here's the thing, is then I go into work, and I'm like, hey, I'm sorry, I'm like an hour fucking late, but this is what I tell work, I'm like, because, like, I'm a really nice guy, I do a lot of shit at work that, that impresses people, and, like, they would never expect me to get busted for some shit, right? So I'm telling them, hey, uh, I, I was outside the Whole Foods, and I see this guy get get tackled by a guy in a tracksuit. And this is what I'm telling them. I started to tell them. I'm like, I see this guy, another guy, get tackled by a guy in a tracksuit. And I went to pull him off it. And then they, then they thought I was like his accomplice, and then they had to talk to me. And so it works like, oh, all right, well, yeah, this seems like something you do. Like, you're a nice guy, you're helping people out all the time. Like, all right. You know, they just want to buy it. And I'm like, fuck, dodge the bullet, right? <laughs> that is <laughs> you know, amazing. So, Man, I'm glad you guys are liking this story because I've been thinking about telling you guys this for a long time now. For like ever since you said that shit about Whole Foods uh, loss prevention back when, you know, a couple months ago, I was like, damn, I got to call in and tell you guys this, this story because that shit's fucking crazy. <sighs> Anyhow, I mean, that's the whole story. And uh, I just got one question for you guys What is the basis of your morality? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, the I'm communist manifesto. Yeah. The Anarchist anyway, Cookbook. Fucking... It's actually the Anarchist Cookbook. It's the page <laughs> where they tell you you can smoke bananas and get high. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why, that's why I was doing this shit. It's because it's like anarchist calisthenics. Because, like, you got to break some small rules on the regular to get ready for the time when you might have to break a big rule down the road. That's why I'm doing this, basically. It's just to kind of stay primed to not follow the bullshit rules that society puts in place for us. Oh, and I... uh, that's, that's why I was doing this. And anyway... Long Amazing. story short is, uh, you know, I had to stop. I had to stop going to that Whole Foods, but then I started going again after a while. And now, now what I do is I just go to the salad bar and I pay for the three to four dollars for the salad bar. I just pocket something else. I grab something else and I just slip it in my pocket. And I'm like, that's my bonus. You know what I mean? Like you guys made it hard to just straight up shoplift from here, so now I got to do it more sneaky. So that's that's the moral of the story. Is uh, if you're going to Whole Foods and you're taking shit, make sure you have a receipt in your hand for something. Yeah. Then they're not going to fuck with you. Yeah, so, I, have, I have to agree. Yeah, you, know, you like if you're going to shop, if you're going to shoplift, you have to make a purchase because that's enough confusion. And make sure you do it. 
Like that's enough confusion for loss yeah, prevention but, to be like, well, they were in line for the register. I'm sure that I don't know. They, maybe they didn't take it. I don't know. You know exactly. Yeah, a little bit of doubt because they really don't want to be fucking with their customers unless it's like a cut and dry case. And I gotta tell you, I was doing that shit for six months every single day before they even fucking caught on to me. So like, they're not that on it, but there is somebody out there who occasionally will be on it. So just you know, watch yourself. It's hard out there. You know what I mean? And listen, I really appreciate everything you guys do. I'm so down with your mindset while I'm here at my job at Amazon delivering motherfucking boxes all goddamn day. You guys listening to you gives me like just that relief and that like feeling of solidarity that there's other people out there who fucking get it. And uh, I love you guys, man. I just, I want to give you all the best, uh, you know, shout outs and feelings. And I wish I could tell you my real name, but because of all that illegal shit, I'm, I'm not going to do that today, but I might call back some other time. You Sweet. Know Good, good. Call back. Right, Thanks for calling. Really you got to find me so much with you laughing at my, at my story and just getting it. So thanks so much. I, I, I really well, hope have a great night. I, uh, let me tell, now I got to tell Jason's story. Unfortunately, he's sitting here watching me. But we, he needs a mic. He, we need to get him a mic. This would be a great time for him to have a mic. And you can correct me, Jason, if I get anything wrong. But I'm 90% sure that I, I remember this accurately. We decided to go smoke weed in a park in the middle of the night after curfew even. We're all teenagers. We're after curfew. We're in a park in Groveport, Ohio. That is just a fuck. This is the second time I got busted for this, by the way. It's just a fucking driveway that leads up to a parking lot that yeah. you can see from the street. There's a fucking car park there. The cops can just drive by and be like, well, that's not good yeah, you, you're not playing basketball or baseball <laughs> yeah. at one in the morning so we get fucking busted man and like uh they we thought they were just gonna bust us for curfew but they wanted us to they wanted to search us for drugs you know what i mean okay so they lined us all up outside of the car and put our hands behind our heads and almost also remember i remember the guy acting like he was going to shoot us for a period because he was like uh heard there are a couple bucks out there maybe you guys can look out for those while you're uh you know while we're going through this like as in like maybe take your mind off of the whole thing <laughs> maybe take your mind off of the search you know yeah. i mean nice <laughs> nice little vacation in your head you know we're standing there and uh okay so they go through I didn't have anything on me except for cigarettes or something like that. Just nothing illegal. And most of us didn't. But Jason had an enormous, he had one of those leather chain wallets that are like a, a pack. Like you can fit a ton of shit in. Like a checkbook wallet? Thing. It looked like a checkbook, checkbook wallet. It was the ones where like, uh, it was like this big black leather yeah. and it had a chain on it. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So Jason has one of those, and it's absolutely full to the brim with paraphernalia. Like uh, the, the scissors, the little blunt scissors, the uh, papers, and just any tool you could ever have to roll a blunt. No weed. And then my buddy Nate, right before, this was genius, right? They're, they're patting him down. They get to his waist, and he's like, there's a bowl in my left pocket. And they were like, oh, since you told us that, we'll just confiscate it and let you go. But if he hadn't told them, they would have fucking you know, taking them. So anyway, they take Jason shit. They take Nate shit. They tell us all to get back in the car and they're going to fall us out of Groveport because we're out after curfew. They're going to fall us out of town. And then we should go home. Dump you outside of town. Right. Yeah. Like just basically get out of this fucking town. We'll go home. But 
as we're about to leave, Jason gets out of the fucking car and walks up to the cop car and he's like, hey man, can I have like my papers and those scissors back? <laughs> 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 and the cop was just incredulous. Really? About it. Oh my God, he was not having it. It's just like, he's like papers aren't illegal, man. Yeah. <laughs> true very true <laughs> but it was one of those things where like you feel like you got off so this is that's like a there's been a couple times where that happened where i felt like we got off really easy uh there was another time with this dude ronnie who like hid the weed and the cops didn't find it and like uh they were just letting us go without even giving him a ticket or anything. We're out after curfew. He's driving 50 and a 35. There's weed in the car that they didn't find even with a dog. They threatened to bring a dog and like the dog didn't even yeah. find it. It was like hidden because it was a Cadillac. It was up in this thing in the uh, sunroof, right? Uh -huh. And uh, we're just about to fucking pull away. And this motherfucker, Ronnie, gets out of the car and he walks up to the cop car. And he's like, you broke my fucking glove box, man. I'm going to fucking sue you for that. <laughs> sue and I was just like, shut the fuck up. Ronnie. Let's just go. Fuck the glove box. But he's yelling at this cop about breaking his glove box. And I was just like, oh, my God. I mean, but. That's how cops should be treated, really. Yeah. We shouldn't be too scared to bring up stuff like that. Like, I think that's brave what Jason and Ronnie did. And I think it's a powerful move. It's yeah. just something that I would have been like, thank God he so, let me go. So you're saying whenever Gwen gets caught by the police, you're going to call the cops up and be like, my daughter had some cigarettes that you confiscated from her. <laughs> <laughs> they don't confiscate Those are my dad's. Those belong to dad. Yeah. And those Those papers are not illegal. They confiscate beer and like weed. That's all yeah, they take, yeah. really. You know, the illegal stuff. And they dump it out a lot of times, which really sucks. Shit. I remember we got <laughs> caught that one time smoking a bowl. Everybody told me we got a quarter, and we were like, "Let's smoke this whole thing right now." And then everybody told me it was an hour later than it was, and I had to be at teen court, and I was panicking. And uh, then they were like, "Nah, we're just kidding. It's it's actually this time." <laughs> and fucking dropped me off for teen court, but I was and so blazed yeah man. but the cops ended up coming before i went to teen court and dumping all the shit out into the uh rocks and shit and it was just like you fucking cops man you ready yeah next call yep next call next call next next call who are you uh hi <laughs> howdy uh, i'm siobhan i'm from like howdy um i'm from a northern uh chicago suburb okay yeah, yeah. Uh, I I've been thinking a lot because like it's it's been a great show today. Thank you. I really love Means TV. I just yeah. I've never actually uh, really listened to Street Fight Radio, but it's it's great stuff. Oh um, sweet. But I yeah. Um, but I've I've been thinking. I have like three things I want to mention, but I don't want to mention all of them because that's too much, of course. Okay. Um, yeah. Um. So I'll just mention the most interesting one of those three, I guess. Uh, so because of a, like an, a really like neat legal uh, loophole in my town, uh, I'm running for mayor and stuff. Okay. And so, like by the time I'm, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and so by the time I'm 18, like the election's going to hit and stuff. Um, and so my party's, um, I mean, not my party, my city's been under the control of like a one party dictatorship. That's like pretty neoliberal and all that. And, uh, I have my ideas, but like, I was just wondering if you guys like, had any like suggestions i guess or any comments on that i mean as, I don't know. are you running I'm, as like a goof or yeah. do or do you think you're gonna get it no i mean 
the thing is, is that sort of by running in general, it's a goof, no matter like who I am, <laughs> yeah. because um, like who, who like the current mayor is like the son of the last mayor and he's the son <laughs> of the last mayor. And so the entire like council town council is controlled by like five people who have like known each other since high school. Um, and so like, I'm not like, I'm running with like real ideas and all that, like actual thing, you know, policies and all that. But, um, if I get elected, like, it's definitely going to be like a, like a testament to like the weird nature of my town. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if it's not a goof, uh, I, I, you know, here's what I've thought always from like, cause I've wanted to, to run for mayor in like a goofy kind of way. And like, my yeah. my strategy basically is to just do like one better than what the 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 other person so like say they're asking for a $15 minimum wage i ask for a $16 minimum wage say they yeah. you know what i mean say they're looking for tax credits yeah. you know what i mean just run the most like uh progressive and 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 sort of fun uh candidacy that you possibly something that makes it interesting for you but also like if you get in there i mean there's gotta be i don't know what happens when you get in in like a suburb sort of thing because that's where i would end up if i did actually run for mayor i'd have to run for mayor of my neighborhood which is a pretty small place that's like uh uh inside the downtown area of columbus and uh yeah. I sort of just think they're just going to cut, they would just cut, they just cut the guy some checks or, or woman some checks. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think that there is mm -hmm. like a lot of work for the mayor of a place like that, other than to say like, there's a pothole on one of the main roads. Can you please go fix it? Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> like, I, yeah, I, I do. Yeah. I just wonder what the other side of the, like on the other side of the, the, the election, like what even that looks like i guess you know what i mean like if you win like what does that even look like i i i i definitely cannot figure out like that's why i don't do it right like that that's yeah, why yeah, yeah. that's why i have decided like because i don't want to do that thing like so here's here's what i've said i would like to run for mayor and I think it would be very fun. It would be a cool goof. And me and Brett could get press out of it. And we could hold campaign stops with our friends in town and do these big shows and these big rallies. And it would it would be like a really yeah. fun thing. But like, I also don't want to be like the Howard Stern guy that runs for office. And then when it looks like I'm going to win, drop out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which is to say, yeah. I don't want to be the fucking mayor. My job is much easier than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 do you think about that like do you think about like maybe i mean here's the thing the way people vote now is they're kind of sick mm -hmm. and tired of incumbents incumbents and, and career politicians and stuff like that do you do you think about like maybe there's a possibility that people see a different name on the uh ballot and and vote for it and and, and you just end up winning <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I do see that, but like, <laughs> yeah, but like the weird thing is that, uh, oh boy, um, like the towns of Northern Chicago and suburbs, like they're all like really like semi-independent from like anything around them. Mm -hmm. Like I'm right next to like Evanston, if you've ever heard of it. And it's like, it's pretty much its own city. It's like crazy. Um, and so 
like on the other side of it, like it could be like definitely like, really disappointing. But like, I don't know. I have like if if like you kind of like just sustain that like goofiness from like the initial campaign from trying to like overthrow like I don't know like the incumbent who's like kind of like stale and all that because there hasn't been like there hasn't been like a like a legitimate election in my town for like thirty years uh, for like mayor. So I mean. I feel like at the other side of the campaign trail, like there is like, you could still, you know, I don't know, be weird about it. Like my, me and my friends, like we throw like music festivals in my backyard and stuff. And like everyone knows about them. And so like one of my things is like throwing, like turning our like town festival into a basically just like a a rent party for all like the low uh, income housing and stuff. Cool. So, I mean, yeah, it's, I guess you just gotta like be goofy about it. But then like, I don't really know that much because my only experience was in DSA and DIWW. And I'm like, I'm only like a sophomore <laughs> in, uh, in high school. So. Oh, really? Ah, that's yeah. right. You did say you're seven. I don't know why I, I, I didn't even think about you being 17. Hey, you oh, know. Yeah. No, I, I'm actually a junior. My bad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, it's incredible that you're even trying it, to tell you the truth. And, and like, hey, that, it's happened before. And, and to tell you the truth, you're in high school, and there are a bunch of people that gather at a high school, especially juniors and seniors, that would probably vote yeah. for somebody that goes to high school with them. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. And, like, uh, I'm kind of, like, it's kind of weird because I'm, I'm, like, a miniature... I mean, it's kind of like arrogant to say it, but like I'm a miniature like Bernie Sanders figure in my high school because I was the president <laughs> of the Socialist Club. Oh, geez. Um, and so like, yeah, everyone knows who I am. But like the weird thing about it is like you would expect like everyone just like to shun me from society. But like in a weird way, like the schools become definitely more left leaning just because like <laughs> people like can talk about it now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I oh. mean, Overton window. Yeah. How, how, did how exactly. did the uh, socialist club go? Did did you get people joining? My daughter, I'll t- I'll tell you this. My daughter goes to uh, a a a pretty uh, it's it's a small school district, but there is a and, but it's a left lean. Everybody would be left leaning, probably more lib than yeah. anything. Uh, but uh, my, there's a group called Students Demand Action at her high school, and they do voter registration drives. They they do all the stuff. They they, they do voter registration. Drives, they go to protests. They've they've spoken in front of the state House of Representatives and shit like that. And I said, she's like, I really want to join it. And I'm like, well, you should join it then. She was like, ah, they're they're too cool for me. And I was like, what happened to high school, <laughs> yeah, yeah. man? <laughs> <laughs> I, I yeah, yeah. was so confused that like the cool people are doing politics in high school. <laughs> no, actually, it's like a similar thing here, kind it, of. It's like a what? I don't know. It's kind of similar here, like um, like there's like this group um at my my high school, it's like just like a generally like just social justice type thing, and then like a lot of my friends uh, who are political like are just too scared to attend. Mainly, I mean. For us, it's just because like all the cool people are liberals usually, so I don't know. Yeah. So well, like, I can like see. I can also see. Like, do you think that maybe there are some kids that are like, that are maybe think that they 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 feel like they're probably left, but their parents are maybe more conservative and they're afraid for them to find out. Because I know my daughter. There's a very conservative family in 
in my daughter's school that that like is very open about their conservatism, you know, Gadsden flag type people and stuff. And uh, mm -hmm. my daughter says that like all of their daughter's speeches and presentations and reports are very like she's going to be a radical leftist uh, at some point. Like she is very yeah, against yeah. it. But she said that like she does also fear retaliation from her parents, which is totally possible. You know, if if your parents, they yeah. don't even have to like put official sanctions on you to retaliate against you for having politics that they don't like, uh -huh. if that makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and like, I wonder if maybe there are some kids that are just like really afraid of letting their, cause you do really care about le letting your parents down. If you really care about your parents, unlike me, I didn't care about my parents, so I didn't mind letting them down, but I can see somebody being like, I don't want to let my parents down by being a socialist. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, like, here it's kind of like, I guess it's not as, like, much of a problem because, like, everyone here supports Warren and all that, which is kind of w weird. But, like, sorry, um, it's just really cold where I am. I'm in my garage. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and so, like, my best friend who I'm in a band with, like, uh, he went from, like, being, like, a Trump guy. And, like, even though he's, like, totally scared of his parents, like, he's more, he's, like, like sometimes outright call themselves a socialist and stuff. And it's kind of hilarious. But, um, <laughs> and like this, this whole thing about like how actually like the students who are like, are, have a like, conservative parents, like feel like they can be socialists more because it's like a, they can just frame as like a teenage rebellion type thing. But like, yeah. if, if your parents like Pete Buttigieg supporters or like, well, he's not running anymore, but, um, or, like Warren supporters, like, and you're, oh, I'm a, I'm a radical socialist. I think you guys have some, you know, contradictions or whatever. Um, that's, that becomes more of a battlefield because it feels more like personal. I don't, it's, it's kind of weird because I guess in a way it seems more of like a nuanced thing to like rebel against a liberal parent than it is to a conservative parent. Well, parents do. Uh, well, I'll say this, like, you're totally right about like, the idea that like a lot of times parents and, and, and teenagers don't necessarily, I didn't understand this as a teenager, but a, a lot of times parents are sort of like, what did I do to make this kid like this? You know what I mean? Whether it's a delinquent or a socialist or anything like that. Like if you, if, if you're a, a Pete supporter, or you're a Biden supporter and your kid comes up and is like, you know, I think I'm a socialist. I think, you know, I think Biden's a conservative Republican. He should just be a Republican or whatever. You, you know, you go and tell him this stuff. Yeah, yeah. I do think that like, I, I'm not like this, but there is definitely a type of parent who would be like, what the fuck did I do? Is this my fault? Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what I yeah. mean? Because <laughs> there's yeah, been things exactly. that yeah. there's been things that Gwen has has turned out to do. You know, the the Gwen not being like really outgoing or wanting to try new things to me feels like something that I did to her. You know what I mean? And I always wonder what it is yeah. that I did to make her do that. But in the end she's like her own person and i probably didn't do that to her but you could definitely see a yeah. parrot being like oh god i made a bernie bro <laughs> yeah you, i mean at this you do hear them just being like bullies or mean people you know so like you could be concerned yeah. if you've been listening to like a lot of mainstream msnbc stuff all day and reading the right articles like you think your son is like an online harasser <laughs> yeah. 
dude, like one of my friend's moms, like I, I eat dinner there a lot. And like whenever I walk in there, she, well, I'm Russian. I was born there. So she first she mentions how like Russians influence the election. Oh, no. yeah. And then she's like, <laughs> yeah. did you hear what the Bernie bros are doing? Oh, no. It's like her fan. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy. <laughs> that yeah. sucks. I'm, I'm, I've, you know, I actually feel for you in that situation because I know you can't be like, "Are you fucking? What is wrong with you, lady?" Because <laughs> you're 17. Like, no, like you're trying to explain to, yeah. you're trying to explain to somebody's mom why they're wrong. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you should yeah. try it though. You try and let me know. Like, just correct her one time and see what happens. <laughs> No, I, I have before. Oh, uh, it's just like as far as like miniature debates, but like it's it's interesting. Yeah. Um, but can I actually ask you guys something before like I kind of overuse my time? Yeah, sure. All right, because uh, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of like the mean TV thing. Like I show like all I like all of my friends have a, like stuff down their throat. Um, but I was thinking, and this kind of seems like a technical question, but because I do art a lot, you know. Um, in the various mediums it exists in. Um, is means TV more anti-capitalist and less post-capitalist, if you think about it? Is it really possible to make post-capitalist content during capitalism? I don't... Uh, well, I mean, I think that they're looking at it at, like, I guess the way Nick would be looking at it is, like, this is what it can be when we win yeah you know what i mean but it is i mean if i had to say what we do it is anti-capitalist i would say our show is probably gonna be anti-capitalist more than post-capitalist because we don't know what that means <laughs> yeah yeah exactly but i think it's a cool i think post-capitalist entertainment is it's a very huh. cool way to phrase it and it comes to i mean it, yeah i guess it's a way to acknowledge uh like what we were what i was talking about with the no olympics la people and that like if there isn't a gigantic media production be you know to to put the olympics on there are still mm -hmm. lots of stadiums that you can go and film people doing athletic feats yes you know like there's not a, there's not going to be yeah, a shortage yeah of professional wrestling just because there's no money like people even if we abolish all money people will still want to do sports people will still want to me and brian will want to make entertainment you know like if i don't really yeah, don't yeah. give a shit what the monetary system is i would i would still want to do like performances for people you know so yeah i'm, I'm sorry um may i say something yeah, yeah, no, go for man. It, man. You don't know this thing's Oh, cool. yeah, sorry, yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, what I meant is like, because I was thinking a lot about like framing socialism as more than just politics and more as like a philosophy, which is a bit strange, but because, um, I mean, like means TV is great, like don't get me wrong, but like, I mean, it's still like very rooted in like, you know, a class mentality, which is like, isn't wrong at, at any level. It's what we need right now. But like, I don't know. I just feel like the socialist art could like is in a weird way can like try to experiment to like transcend like you know, um, like its position of like the working class. Like not like oh like you know, embrace bourgeois things. Well, whatever that means. Yeah, I don't I don't know what you mean. I just have to let you know that oh. when you're not in high school that if you don't have enough money to pay for shelter, they will take it away from you. And you all the food that you eat oh, you have yeah. to pay for. So 
it is a requirement for Means TV to make money for everybody involved. We are definitely capitalist as fuck because otherwise, well, um, like, we can't do the show. So, no. well, I, no, I, no, I, I, I understand. I don't yeah. think it was that. I, I, but there, it's like I don't. There's I guess, no, there's no reason to have. I just don't know what going down that road. I don't understand what's. Well, I guess like the stuff that I mean, I think that I think that the stuff that he's making i i think the stuff that ended up being on there is a lot more diverse than than i i sort of yeah. think it was and i i totally get what you're saying and me and brett will probably strafe i i think like give it a little bit of time and let some of the new stuff like release and let some of the new shows start and i think that you will see a more more of a diversity of uh, uh subjects and topics and aesthetics and stuff like that like we're really working to make yeah. ours look different from everything else on there it doesn't i i get what you're saying like i totally understand yeah. and uh i and i also feel like like uh I, it, it's it's really early in the game but i do think that a lot of i i do think that a lot of the stuff that's going to come out as it goes is going to rely a lot less on on oh, not a lot less obviously it all has to kind of have a uh a message in a way but but like yeah uh, the, you know the hope is that like it's a it's a diversity of ways to relay that message to people and that you know only what they've only really launched a couple of shows so far me and brett launch at the end of march and like i think what we do is going to be totally different from what everything else is on there aesthetically and and like i think the movies yeah. are all very interesting and different and uh you know the, the i i get what you're saying nick is very conscious of having different sorts of uh, uh covering different sorts of things on there i guess it is my oh point. i i really i yeah, I'm. I'm sorry if it made it seem like I was critiquing or anything. No, it's I, fine. I was just thinking about like aesthetics. But oh, right, yeah, yeah I, I, I get it. You're like, talking about like yeah. making something that's that's in opposition to something versus something that its own thing. Yeah, that that's all. Like that, you know, like the Nirvana yeah, "All You're Not Is All You Are" thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, so the thing about it is that there it does draw people in, but. It all comes down to budget, man. I mean, it costs so much money to make anything happen that really all we can do is work on the uh, anti-capitalist stuff that we're all working on. But I, I mean, I have plans. I would love to like take business away from Vice Media and stuff and do music reviews and do entertainment that's in a way that isn't just yeah. bitching about America all the time. I mean... It's oh, this is this yeah. is just a foot yeah. in the door, really, because it it really was a matter of like getting the budgets to record and produce all of this stuff is the biggest stumbling block to making things. You know, it's hard because you, yeah. you the people on TV have a million dollar budget, and when ten thousand dollars sounds a lot to somebody that you know that is a regular working person, but you can't get a movie made for that amount of money. You can't get a full length feature film yeah. and all the people to edit it and shoot it and do all the work behind it, you know, for, for you know small yeah. amount of money. So, I mean, oh, we're still, yeah. er, we're still in the early stages, but I promise yeah. you that not everything street fight is on there is going to be a hundred percent like about class or politics or whatever. Cause me and Brett can't do that. Uh, <laughs> oh no. Like, and, I mean, and like, um, we have truly, yeah. 
here's the thing. Me and Brett are spending most of the time prepping for the show by talking about how different mm -hmm. everything's going to look aesthetically to everything else on there. <laughs> So yeah, so everything is. I, I I think I think you'll be pretty surprised when stuff starts really launching. Like the 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 Me. tour doc, I think is something that's definitely going to not be as rooted in in like sort of education and stuff like that. Me and Tom got something to do for fucking Memphis rap music that will blow away Fader or Pitchfork or any of that other shit. Like we have things oh. in the works. No, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and once again, I, I just I just wanted to make sure like uh, it didn't come across as fun and being a bit repetitive, but like I, I totally wasn't like saying like what I would have hung up on you if it was a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, you're no. good. You're I, I, good. I I mean, yeah, I want to talk just, about this stuff yeah, anyway because yeah. I I've had a few people ask me about is means good, and it's like very hard for me to I I don't think you should ask me. First of all, because I'm on it, you know what I mean. Like okay. I'm, my partner is on. Uh, my partner is part of the, uh, the 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 planning and stuff like that, and I am like a performer on it and plan to basically put all kinds of shit on it. That's you know when I get to branch out, uh, some of this I have ideas that I want to get on it. So it's kind of like asking yeah. me but i it is nice to to be able to explain like me and brad are shooting for a way more mainstream looking thing i think on there yeah i mean yeah. that maybe not one you might not like because you're younger and and uh we're shooting for like oh no i'm, I'm not saying you don't like that yeah i'm, no, I'm just saying i was like in the theoretical sense oh yeah yeah all yeah. right well thanks for calling yeah. in buddy we got to take a break we're breaking yeah sure no problem have a good thanks. night Good luck running for mayor. You too. Have a good school year. Thanks. Goodbye. Yeah, and really, I do. I do support your ambition. I, I love that you're thinking so far ahead and uh, keeping it rolling. For young people, you just got to stop thinking too far ahead. You got to work on right now and uh, keep it rolling. Mean TV will have more content. I'm sorry, the first day it launched, it wasn't what you thought. Well. I mean, I do understand the the no, young people don't like anything. No, uh, but I also understand saying like, is there gonna be stuff that's not specifically class analysis? I guess. Like, I understand. I would want to know that too. Well, you know there's this I mean? great documentary about the nutrias in uh, Louisiana that are eating up the coastline. I thought that was pretty good. I want to say this to all the people who have partners that aren't radical too. Like, I think this goddamn thing is going to radicalize my wife, which I failed to do for the nine years we've been doing this podcast. I agree. Like, she sits and watches it, loves it, fucking watched Gaza Frights for Freedom and was just like, I, I can't believe that stuff's going on over there. And I was like, fuck you, man. I've been talking to you about this stuff for nine years. No, my, I've watched, I watched my wife two times walk <laughs> right into a conversation about Gaza with my, her mom and my in-law. And her in-law, my mom, two times. <laughs> she had no idea what kind of like a fucking situation she was getting into. And she just like stumbled her way through it. It's just like, I think you should see this movie though, because you would think differently. <laughs> 
They're killing medics and like women and children out there. And Israel isn't dying at all. Yeah. And then then they're just like, you know, she shut him down though. Yeah. I mean, my wife is like, I got to watch this Nutria documentary and there were a few other commercials that I really liked on there. Yeah. And I'm uh, really excited to see the Sam's news show. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? You know what I mean? You just can't listen to me because you know me. That's all my friends are like that too, though. I think they all came to the left. Just incidentally not because of me and brett oh i know <laughs> just despite us you know what i mean yeah it's like no you didn't make me laugh i was like a left no, like no, from the day all. i was born actually to tell you probably before you you know all right yeah Jason. it's like people won't give me credit for making them vegetarian i know that's true katie owes you credit <laughs> there was no vegetarians around until you came around and now Katie's a vegetarian I'll make her, I'm going to make her, like, <laughs> give me you. a certificate. I'm, I'm going to make her shoot you a text saying thank you for making me a vegetarian. Because you deserve that. That's, yes. That's all for you. Finally. Now we're doing stuff I, I Yeah, this I'm is called restorative justice. About. Yes. <laughs> all right. Uh, we're going to take a break. We will be back uh, to take more calls. This is Party Box. Party Box is the name, I think. Party Box. Enjoy.
Hey, Street Fighter Radio, welcome back. It's the call-in show. We appreciate it. Those of you that listen and watch on the live stream, you can see us on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. Every single Wednesday and Sunday night, we're taking your calls on Sunday. We're talking shit on Wednesdays. Head over to streetfighterradio.com. That's the you can find all the links to everything that we do and also our live shows. We're going to be in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania on March 18th. Streetfightradio.com has those tickets. We're going to be in Florida at the beginning of April and Hellfire Congregation rides again. That's us with District Sentinel and the Trillbillies including Tanya aka Auntie Bernice there on Twitter. That's happening in May. So Lots of uh, live shows happening in the, in the future. You can follow us on social media to get all that information. If you like that so- those songs, uh, that's their out. Al- the album is called Space Fighter. We heard the future. The band is Party Box. Partybox.bandcamp.com to hear more and support what they do. Thanks for sending in your music. If you want to hear your band on Street Fight Radio and you're not like you don't have any DRM and you're not going to get us in trouble with YouTube, send me an email streetfightradio at gmail.com. And if you want to call in about Mies TV, I'm not going to be fucking mean about it. I'm not trying to be a jerk. I, I am not an asshole. I'm only an asshole because I have to be because I was born that way. But I, I really, uh, I do understand that there is some ideas surrounding around Mies TV, um, but there is budget circumstances. And, you know, in the future, it's going to grow into what, you know, what y'all want it to be. And I absolutely agree that it should be something that's just fun and entertaining that isn't always uh, positioning itself against another economic system, right? Right. Yes. That's it. That, right. I was reading a very important news article on metalheads.net about Corey Taylor's wife thrilling people and her sh- and her uh, wild lingerie shoes. Okay. No, I'm kidding. I, you know Google Cards? Do you do that? No. So this is the new thing I do. When you open up the Google app on your iPhone... They have stories to read, and they're like these cards that are like based on what you search for. And like all of mine are wrestling, metal, or uh, 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 Democrat stuff, you know? So it'll be like uh, Motley Crue's Tommy Lee's neighbors reacts to his morning call, fuck you. Or uh, Mortal Kombat. What went wrong with the original movie series? Okay. <laughs> and it's so fun to see what I click on. I need to you know get one. I mean? Yeah, I need to get in there. Because like, I'll be in there. I'll, I'll be just sitting in there. This is like a, uh, a year after 12-hour brain tumor surgery, Kelly Stafford announced she's expecting fourth child. And it's like, wow, what did I search for? You like for sensational stories. Greta Van Fleet shares a rare rockin' photo of Joe Kizka. I do love Greta Van Fleet. I know you do. That was wild when everybody, like, all of a sudden hated him. Yeah, but, like, started bubbling up. Like, oh, these guys are cool. And they're like, no, fuck them. They sound like old shit. Really happened out of nowhere to me. Because I sort of feel like I remember, oh, people were kind of like, oh, this Greta Van Fleet, what an interesting band. And then all of a sudden an album comes out and everybody's like, I hate Greta Van Fleet and I wish they were dead. They like turned into Nickelback, basically. They were Nickelback level hated, which I always feel like the Nickelback hate is is rather unfair because that one song is really good. How You Remind Me. It's not like you, so sorry. Who's thinking of a different story? That's a 
goddamn good yeah. song, you know. Oh, we also got to say, uh, next Sunday is the ABCD call-in yeah. show. That's anybody but cis dudes. You're welcome to call in next Sunday, March 8th. Yes, and, and the catch is you have to call in and say Nickelback is actually good. Okay. Actually, you know what is weird about Nickelback? Can I tell you a little weird Nickelback thing with me? Yeah. One day I was online, and I don't know how this happened. I, 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 I also, I am one of the weird people that searches the, the news on Twitter. You know that thing? Nickelback news? No. So anyway, you know how when you go to Twitter and you hit the magnifying glass, you get these stories, and you have all these little things at the top that uh -huh. you can look through? So I do that. And I look at the entertainment news. That's the one I always look at because it kind of... uh uh. I don't pay attention to that stuff. Well, I do, obviously, because I look there. But yeah, like, so you're, it's not, you're I don't reading watch, it. I used to watch like Entertainment Tonight and shit like that. You can't avoid. Was, you can't avoid that scuttlebutt. I just want to know what's going on Juicy in G. showbiz. Yeah, you know what I mean. So anyway, one day I'm looking at it and they're like, Nickelback releases video that teases new album, right? With and it said it's like stocked with Easter eggs, and so I clicked on it because I was like, what the fuck is an like what Easter eggs could be in there. And I fucking clicked on this thing and I read every single tweet under that heading of Nickelback fans being super excited about this new Nickelback thing. And I was like, uh, well, good on them, man. You know, you hear yeah. so much negativity around them, but there's all these people that are like, I don't give a shit. You can say they suck. I don't fucking care. I'm a big, huge fan of Nickelback. And I, I admire those people more than anything. That's inspiring. I, it is inspiring when people are just like i remember one time this boss of mine came up to me and i was like he's like i know you don't like them but you know creed is like a really great band and i was just like you know what i like that you're comfortable enough to say that yeah <laughs> no it's a good you think i'm a good person <laughs> yeah. or even like... just to say it like out loud since at the time you know it's kind of like you had to hate creed that mm -hmm. was the law so yeah. This is all like artifacts of like post pop of er, of before poptimism, right? Where it was just like we all had to pick something that we hated, and then that was how you proved you were the in group or you were mm -hmm. cool. So Nickelback, you had to hate Nickelback, even if you didn't really hate the song. Even if you were like, oh, the song's kind of catchy, you still had to be like, fuck those guys. Yeah, sick that they're making a living, you know. So. That's my little Nickelback story where I where I I started to like Nickelback. My big news this week was that the uh, Macrostylus metallicola deep sea creature was uh, unveiled. They somebody named a deep sea creature out of Metallica. That's After Metallica, smart. that came into my uh, that was my Google. A scientist that likes Metallica. Mm -hmm. Like now you can just be like tell your wife like, well, I mean, it's for scientists. Yeah, it's, it's for like marine biologists. I guess brilliant scientists also like them, so I guess that's something, you know. Yeah. Oh, uh, sad story. They actually found the thing that should not be. I'm gonna, I got a sad story real quick for you. Uh WWE seems to be buying all Japan pro wrestling. No, that's not good. That's bad news, yeah. Why would they do that? They're trying to fucking get in there. They're trying to be the big company in every market. They're trying to like destroy any like independency. They can't get New Japan, you know, because New Japan's very successful. So they're so they're just the going to create thing. their own business in Japan. Mm -hmm. Their own like a uh, performance center. Kind yeah. Of thing. Very yeah. sad. Very sad. Let, let's stop letting them buy stuff. I think. 
Cut him off. Yeah, cut him off. You're done. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, this is Michael uh, from Tokyo. Oh, oh we were just talking about we we're just talking about uh, Japan wrestling. But yeah, yeah, I heard. I had a conversation with my I had a conversation with my buddies the other day about how I am just like not into pro wrestling at all, and I feel bad by how excited you guys get about it, and that I haven't gone yet, so I need to go at some point. I mean, it it it. it, it it, it's crazy because like I, I, I Japanese pro wrestling is probably the best of all of it. So it, uh, to me, it hurts that somebody would be in Japan and not care about the greatest pro wrestling in the world. Usually. <laughs> no, I know. And that's why, that's why I feel a bit, uh, I don't know, guilty or. Oh, I understand it. Is, but I mean, I don't like, like, uh, 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 do you go to baseball games? Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge baseball fan. Yeah, I yeah. would go to baseball game there too, though. That the, would I'd go to a baseball game and a pro wrestling thing in Japan, and and the baseball games in Japan seem so much better than in America because, like, so for example, uh, Tetsuya Naito, he's a wrestler. They play mm. his theme music at the Carps games, and that god goddamn whole yeah. crowd is going. And in, in like to the beat of his entrance music, and I'm like, they're never loud here. Yeah, baseball fans don't get yeah, into. Yeah, I mean, they're like, yeah, they're like that at every game for like every hitter, and they just like don't stop the whole time. <laughs> and I mean, I like baseball anyway, um, but I can see like I've taken uh, like people visiting, for example, to baseball games who aren't baseball fans. And they love it just for the atmosphere, like sports aside. Right. It feels like a football game to me. Like here, the football yeah. fans go wild through the whole game. And you're like, oh, that's why I think it's like the big sport. That's why people love it is because like, you know, the crowd is such a factor when it comes to enjoying sports or on TV. Because if they're not into it, it's very hard for me to sit on a couch and get into it, you know? For sure. I'm sure you didn't call about baseball. What's up? Uh, I didn't. Actually, I originally called um, just to talk about, like, Olympic stuff. But I feel like mm. you guys have been doing, like, such a good job talking about it. And, like, at this point, the Tokyo Olympics, except for the potential coronavirus issue, like, art is going to go ahead. So, I mean, just I'm super happy that you guys are, like, promoting all the Olympic stuff and getting people on board with L.A. But How, what uh, is the I started talking at the beginning of the show. Sorry, I'm sorry, guys. can I ask you, is there like a no Olympics movement yeah. in Japan? Oh, really? There I didn't is. know this. Um, sorry. Yeah, so I mean, they talked about it a bit. Um, the no Olympics guys, when they were on your show. Um, and they're, it's much smaller. I mean, there's, there's, no, there's like anti-Olympic movement sort of everywhere. It's much smaller in Tokyo. There's two main groups. And as they're saying on the show, like one of the groups is actually made up of um, mostly like unhoused people, which is wild that they have that much support. But um, I don't know. I, I guess I got into it, like got into it in terms of like actually going to protests and stuff like a little bit later. And I went to one maybe a few months ago, and it was just shocking to me how hard it is to even get people to give like a little bit of attention, just because I feel like. I mean, obviously, once I start to explain it to people even a little bit, there are different things that people grab onto and that it's mm -hmm. a pretty easy thing to get behind once you have a little bit of explanation. But 
seeing people protesting in the middle of Tokyo against the Olympics and just saying, oh, the Olympics are bad, unless you've stopped to consider it for 30 seconds, it's just like so hard to get people to, to like latch onto for a second. Um, and even just take the pamphlet because it seems so foreign and it seems like just honestly just like a party pooper thing. Um, so yeah, it's, it's that, tough. And I, I guess maybe it's too little too late in Tokyo, but yeah, I mean, but it is, you know, like, like, uh, they, they were saying when I talked to them, it's a matter of talking about gentrification. It's a, it's a way to talk about the police state. It, it's it's a it's a hyper version of all of these problems, housing issues, even talking about, you know, Brian, those uh, all those uh, palm trees there in Los Angeles. So beautiful. Yeah, they did those for the 1930s Olympics so that it would seem like this like paradise, even though people had no fucking homes. They built all these like single family homes and put palm trees next to them to just sell the idea of this being a place where families live. You know that that's how those got there. It was it was that it wasn't a ma- it wasn't like the community's choice, you know, in any sort of way. That's interesting. I I, I uh, actually I, I didn't even know that, but I I love them. I, they make me feel so excited to be <laughs> yeah. in California. So I, I, I feel agree. bad now. They should be there, but those type of things, you know, when you talk about the amount of, the amount of the working conditions, the amount of uh, safety risks, and the amount of. Uh, employees that get injured on the job like constructing these stadiums and the the uh, environmental devastation that building new stadiums does and the and all of this is is like it's a huge conversation and you're right there are so many different ways to grab people into you know into it yeah absolutely and it's just i guess just a matter of finding that like that one way to get in and I'm sure it's different in every situation, but like, I think my brother made a good point as I was telling this situation, this like really frustrating, like dem- like protest that we had and just like, it was impossible to get anyone's attention. And he's like, yeah, like at first glance, like there's so many leftist causes that seem like being kind of a party pooper, especially if you're not like getting into the weeds a little bit, but like being against the Olympics is sort of like the worst Oh yeah, or the hardest to sell or the most party pooper. It really is because, like, it, uh, you know, when the Olympics come around, all of our friends get super into it, and I, I don't I like to be see the, it. Yeah, I know, but you I'm don't want to be the guy it. that's like, you don't want to be the person that, like, because I've been in the situation and you've been in a situation where we're sitting around the Olympics, we're playing, and everybody's having a good time, and then you're like, you know what they did to get these fucking Olympics? <laughs> yeah, I mean, dozens you know what of people I mean? Died. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. I. I mean, I, I also like, I like athletic competition and seeing who's the best of the best. And it is the one, it is something even for me where like my nationalism jumps in where I'm like, well, no, no, let's see who, like who in the United States, like how good they can do it versus somebody else. You know, it it really does grab you and it comes off as all of, it comes off as being, um, you know, like you're against fun or something like that. But I mean, there is absolutely a world beyond the Olympics where we can also have like high level athletic competition, you know? Exactly. And I think that's it. That's the hardest for people to just get immediately is that, that you can do this anyway. Like you, it's not reliance on the IOC. Like you can have worldwide high level Olympic like or Olympic style, or you can even call them the Olympics, have games like this that don't need to be the Olympics. Right. And use existing stadiums and invite people to compete. I, I, I mean, it does, it's, it seems like, you know, pushing a fucking boulder uphill. Um, but at the same time, it is, 
it's just indicative of all the other issues that are going on with like global capitalism and all of the the uh, problems that that rings out of you know society like all of the all of the ways that they abuse labor and all the ways that they take advantage of you know poor people and keep oppressing us with the police state that comes through in the Olympics and it is actually kind of an easier way to get into a very gigantic conversation. Mm, absolutely. But uh so I want to know I have one question for you. How did you call sure. in? Can you help some of our international people? They always bug me about it and I don't even know how to do it, but how did you call in? Um so I use Google Voice, or I guess now Google Hangouts, uh, and I use this to call phone numbers in the US all the time. Normally it would cost 3 cents a minute to call to call, but I don't know, maybe this is a toll-free number. This is free for me, so I was lucky today. This is the first time I tried. Actually, the reason I'm able to call in even though it's one in the afternoon on a Monday is uh, because I have mandatory like work from home for my company for coronavirus. So, um, but yeah, it's one o'clock PM. So I was lucky there. To find this is hey, well, it's you know, Monday there. Hey, I mean, you know, I, yeah, I, I don't want to, I mean, you've been on the phone for a while, but you're, you're a wellspring of information here. What's coronavirus like in your neck of the woods? Sure. Yeah, I know. Actually, this is what I was going to switch the conversation to. And I'm glad you guys, you know, bought bit on the Olympics. But um, it's weird because so in terms of like confirmed cases, it's not as much as like Korea or Italy or obviously China. Um, but they're giving out very few tests. And so like everyone sort of assumes that the number of people that have it is way higher than oh like about the 200 plus about 600 people on the boat. Um, and yeah, like most like major companies and even my company is pretty small, but like companies where like people who have like desk jobs and just like computer jobs are pretty much all working from home starting today. Um, essentially everything's like closed, like museums, Disneyland, what? they're doing like the sumo tournament behind closed doors. Yeah. The soccer league is shut down until mid-March. Heard they're doing, um, uh, but they're doing weekend. They're actually doing a lot of empty there. The, I, I recently heard that they're doing a lot of empty arena wrestling shows, which is like sort of an old classic gimmick that sucks, but they're like doing it because they have to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like all of the like preseason baseballs behind closed doors, like there's essentially no events, like all concerts that are not like super small, like DIY are all canceled. Whoa. Yeah. How weird is it? Um, is it like kind of weird? weird than you less weird than you'd think i mean part of it is like everyone's wearing masks but i'm sort of used to it because everyone wears masks all the time anyway it's just like more people uh -huh. um working from home is different obviously um but like this weekend it was so weird just all this stuff was canceled but and so and part of it was just like finding figuring out stuff to do but like i was just drinking with my friends in the park and the park seemed like pretty normal in terms of people that were there and then like went out to dinner and went out like drinking afterwards and the bars were all packed and like maybe it's just because people don't have other things to do but i think it's just that like people care in very specific venues or there are certain like demographics that care it was i was kind of strange but i don't know i don't think i'm freaked out i don't think that most of my friends are freaked out it's more just like everyone and especially because the numbers are so low and bring bring it back to the olympics thing like there's an extremely obvious um economic reason that they want to keep everyone at home um so that they the olympics can go on and actually the worst one is that all schools are closed until april so that i mean i'm not a parent and i don't know many parents but like 
that is pretty terrible. Like that, Wait. they didn't really give anyone any warning. They didn't consult the education ministry, and they just shut down schools for a month. What? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're no, shutting down a lot much. of stuff in Japan. They can't like, do that shit. They no, no way, no way. As a parent, as somebody in school, I don't care what's at the school. She's got to be there. Someone's got to watch her and teach her how to fucking read because I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to do math shit. So I need her to learn it at school. I can't take a month off. And but the the numbers I'm looking at, like you have less than a thousand people in Japan. I think that have it right. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Although they, the, um, they're only administering, and I assume this is just to keep the official numbers down, they're only administering tests to people who have like flu or flu like symptoms or worse, like fever and pneumonia. So they're issuing less than a thousand tests a day, which means Man. that there's got to be so many people that have it, especially hearing how many people have like minor cases and just think it's like allergies or something. But this is insignificant compared to a lot of other regular common like common fucking colds and shit i can't believe they would yeah, absolutely turn school off for an entire month the olympics and failing economy i mean i think it's just to show the world that they're fighting it like abe the prime minister he's like you know right wing like yeah. crappy but he he just he essentially shut this down, shut down the schools without like consulting anyone in the government, and just like pretty much on like a random day, just on a whim, was just like we're shutting down schools for a month. Didn't tell anyone, and obviously like you know tons and tons and tons of parents are like super up in arms, like protesting or whatever. Yeah, that is. I mean, I guess that is the fear mongering and just like going all the way into it and just saying, oh no no, we really care. This this shit's scary. No one, everyone has to work from yeah. home and there's no school for a month. Well, wow, that's really surprising. Yep. I didn't realize that was happening. Yeah, and, and and you know, it's totally right. You can't protest the Olympics if you're not allowed to gather outside. You know what I mean? Or if people are afraid to gather outside. I mean, if they close school for a month here, it would be pandemonium. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it would be, I mean, it would everybody, be devastating. Everybody would lose people. their goddamn job. Yeah, it would be devastating to people, working people. But also, people would, f that is when people, I think, would flip out. I mean, you know, uh, on 9-11, they closed the fucking airports, and people were, like, okay with it. But if, like, tomorrow, if they were like, we're not doing airports anymore, you'd be like, okay, like, it's, it's zero dark 30 here. We gotta fucking do something. The, the shit's going down, you know? Yeah. It's so wild that, like, they're willing to... I mean, it's pretty wild that they're willing to go in that far of a direction because I just, I can't really picture America ever being like this thing that makes money has to not happen. You know, I can't ever see them stopping like live events and shit like that. I just don't, I can't imagine. I can't imagine if they stopped like uh, uh, uh the arena shows or hockey games or baseball games or basketball games and like made them do it in empty arenas. Like I just, I really can't even picture that. I don't know what that would even be like. I feel yeah. like it's very strange. Mm. Yeah. Brian, the wildest thing there is that like that, those edicts aren't coming down from the government. Like there was a recommendation from the government saying like, don't hold live events. Um, and but unlike the school thing, there was no actual law saying you can't do it. It's just that all every single like 
like like person who runs a business that involves lots of people in an enclosed space decided to close. That's so crazy to me. I mean, I just that that is it. It's not eerie. Do you, have you watched any of the events without people at them? Yeah, I've been watching some of the like spring training baseball games, and it's really weird. The uh, yeah, sumo I'd tournament is going to be also extremely weird. Yeah. Oh wow, I want to watch the sumo tournament now. Well, I mean, I always want to watch sumo. I love it. It's my favorite kind of fighters. But uh, that is, I mean, I'd be interested if you know what if you're on Twitter. And you have video of something like that? Tag me because I need to see it. I need to see an empty right, we'll baseball stadium type of thing. And thanks for calling us. Very helpful. This was the one of the more informative calls we've ever had. Yeah. Although Thank I want to say, glad I could help. Yeah, I mean the chat is going off, and they they seem they seem the chat seems to think it's like some serious thing. I just want to know. I think it probably is. How many of y'all lived through bird flu, though? I just want to know how many sure. people made it through bird flu and are also saying that this is going to be the next destruction of humanity. Because it, it's it's definitely a thing, but I don't think it's... Uh, I don't know if it's worth shutting down our entire society over. I mean, I truly, I don't have, like, an answer for anything. I, I don't, like, understand the spread of it. I don't know if it spread. I don't know how... I don't know anything, so I'm not even like willing. I guess if that's if if I understand people being afraid, and I and I do think that like our healthcare system is not set up to handle something like this, and that even just our customs in the United States aren't really uh, helpful when it comes to stopping an infection. They are the viral infection. They are because we don't do public transportation when we don't hang out in groups. <laughs> Sure, we go to work, though. We're isolated. Sure, we go to work. And not only do we go to work, well, and we, we do, I mean, people do use public transportation. Not like uh, places, you know, other places. New York, though. they do, you know. Sure. And that's a place that every, a lot of people go to, and they ride on the subway, and then they go back home to their house. You know what I mean? And it just, to me, it's like, uh, like I said, I'm not like, I, I'm not willing to say it's not a big deal because... I, I truly don't know. Like, I just feel like like people that work at restaurants are going to go to work sick because they have to. There you're is nothing so there for them. You're just pushing the idea that the potentiality exists because of the way that things run, that this could spread. But I don't think that this is like any different than SARS or swine flu. I don't know. I've seen them before. I've seen this shit before. Sure, but everything's different. You know what I mean? Like... Things change over time, and I, I think it's good to, like, worry about... I, I sort of feel like it's good to treat it seriously, even though... And, you know, the SARS and stuff like that, that was the government, like, freaking out about that. Our government doesn't... Donald Trump said coronavirus is a hoax the other day. Oh, he did? <laughs> He's with me. But sure. <laughs> I just... I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. As somebody no. who travels... And uh, also spends times in large, a lot of time in large groups. Uh, obviously, I I don't. It know. seems to me like Americans wanting to make shit about themselves, like they're you know always like it just seems like people. It's like when nine uh, eleven happened, and in Columbus, people thought we were going to get bombed. Our Dairy Queen was going to get a fucking missile sent at it. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Agree to disagree. I guess. Yeah. Thanks for calling Street Fighter. We talking to about coronavirus tonight.
<laughs> What's up, yo? It's Howdy. Chi. Hey, Chi. Oh, a scientist. We got a scientist on here. Yeah, What's your take on coronavirus? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm not like an epidemiologist by any stretch, but no, 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 no. Don't, I've read it. Don't. It makes sense to like. Chi, don't back out. Don't back out of this. You're a scientist, <laughs> and we expect scientific information to come out of you. These scientists, you fucking ask these scientists a question, and they'll just be like, I'm not a marine biologist. What do you want me to fucking say? And it's like, well, what are you fucking good for? Yeah. And then they're always good for, like, one little tiny thing. They're like, well, if yeah, if you well, need to much. know the breeding habits of a dust mite, you know, come to me. And it's yeah. like, oh, thanks. The mineral content of this rock. <laughs> I'm kidding. It is funny, though, because even when I was a sociologist, people would ask me all kinds of questions about, like, psychology and all this stuff, which, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. Same thing, really. All the all the ologies, <laughs> like sociology, psychology, all that stuff. Same thing. Really, yeah. Okay. In my opinion. Okay. You know, which is um, I mean, educated. Like, for my opinion, it's very contagious to, like, once it's spreading, like it's a good idea to, you know, wash your hands and try not to, you know, get it. The best practice is not spread diseases anyway. Yeah. But I'm not like super freaked out about it personally because it's like less deadly than, you know, SARS or bird flu or a lot of these others that have come and gone. And it seems to be if you're in good health and you get treatment, like, You'll be okay. It'd probably be really shitty. Well, let me, but... let, me, let me pin you against the wall and really get you to say something controversial. Should you wash your legs? Uh, I am an advocate for washing my legs anyway. Thank you. Because, uh, bottoms of the feet, too. Yeah, yeah no. Standing in the, the water feet, does legs. not get the grime out of the ridges in the bottom of your motherfucking feet. So I used to know this girl I grew up with who told me that, like, uh, the way she cleaned her feet. Now, people are going to get fucking irritated at this and yell at me, but I'm not I'm not advocating this at all. But this, this one of my best friends in high school was this girl, which she was my absolute best friend. We hung out, like, 24 hours a day, seven days a week or whatever. Hmm. And uh, not my girlfriend at all. But we were... We, we hung out a lot. I don't care about her. I know. Now, but she once told me, she once told me that she pees on her feet because it cleans. I just heard this today. Feet. I heard really? it on another podcast today. Somebody else said that? I heard it on another podcast that they peed on their own feet one time because someone told them to sterilize their feet by peeing on their That's feet. That's what it was. That's what she told me. She's like, if you pee on your feet, she's the same woman that told me. That if you do your blinkers at the traffic light, it'll change because it thinks you're an ambulance. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I can't I, imagine what was going on with her parents just telling her all kinds yeah. of stuff. <laughs> just pee on your feet, honey. You know, just make sure you pee on your feet. You don't, you want, you don't want to get any toe fungus. Yeah, you get the your your toes will look gross if you don't pee on your feet. I don't wash my feet. I'm gonna tell you the truth. I don't get in there with anything. Uh, I once took a shower at a place where they had a thing on the floor in the shower that was sort of like the thing you clean your boots off with on oh the porch, gosh, like a a broom, like a yeah, like a less like a brush, stiff, like a less stiff brush, but a brush. 
and you just put your foot in there and you ran it back and forth. Oh, and I was like, I kind of like this, you know, but it, you know, of course I wear shoes all the time. So my feet are very sensitive and it just all the hell out of me. And you don't wash your feet. What? No, I, my feet, all the walking you do. Yeah, my feet are so Ugh. my feet are so busy moving they can't get any dirt on them. Is what I think. <laughs> Chi, what's going on okay. in the drug business? Before you start yelling at me about oh, my yeah, hygiene. Yeah, I, I also <laughs> want to say about um, the Bible did reference that, that, that water would flow from our bellies, and I think that was talking about urine. No, it flows from your belly. For real though, it like slides down your. If you have a fat stomach, you'll know this, but it slides down your tum tum, and then it looks like pee coming off of your belly. But that's a whole different thing. Um, you gotta get fat tum tum to see that. Neither you or Chi, neither Brett or Chi has a fat tum tum, so they don't know this stuff. It's really nice. So, uh, so what's going on, Chi? What's up? Uh, so actually, it's been calling in because it's been a while. Uh, last time I called in, I was doing really well. Um, I'd been promoted to director of a chemistry lab doing weed testing and stuff. But uh, long story short, somebody who I hired as director of that place and then stuck oh, up no. for when he almost got fired, turned around and stabbed me in the back and fired me. Oh, my God. That's dark. That yeah. is dark, G. Yeah. This is, that's a real Julius Caesar thing, right? Is that what happened with Julius Caesar? Like, right? I, Brett, oh Brett, God, had to, Brett had to deal with Gumball because it was climbing up a, a, a door. Let me, let me relay this message to him. Chi, working at his drug lab, his testing marijuana, uh, which I have some questions about that for you in just a second, but I, I want to explain this to Brett. He's working there. He hires this guy to be a director of the place, and the guy fucking fired him. Wow! Yeah. Wow! Is dark, isn't it? That's some like Game of Thrones. You were working at Game yeah. of Thrones, and that was the place you were really liking, where they even allowed high fives. Um, but yeah, no, I think honestly, because this guy was a, a PhD, and I brought him on because we needed somebody with that title who could handle some of the the legal side and whatever. I think um, I was kind of a threat to him because I'm about ten years younger than he is, and like kind of new stuff on a similar level that he did and i think he just wasn't comfortable with that and got me out of the way as soon as he could holy Man, shit dude how did, you, how did you link up with this guy uh well he was running a lab out in california previously and um the owners of the company i was at had originally reached out to him oh. to do the job that i was doing um but he turned him down but then he ended up getting back in touch and was like you know, I'd be interested. And they, they came to me and they were like, Hey, do you think we need, you know, this person? Like he's asking for kind of a lot of money and like, we're happy with you. But I was like, yeah, like, you know, he's going to have some experience that I don't have. I'd love to have him here to help out. And, uh, you know, we gave him the title of chief scientific officer. So he technically was, was just above me, but we were basically working as partners and worked for a while before eventually like, I kind of see the writing on the wall. He was uh, he was just getting on that case about every little thing, whether or not it made any sense, and just giving me shit all the time. And so I had started logging some of the stuff that he was doing and things he was making mistakes with and ways that he was just kind of fucking with me to bring it to the bosses to be like, yo, what's going on here? And before I even could, he, uh, wow. he got rid of me. 
Wow. That's incredible, dude. What was the meeting like? You Can I ask you, you what the meeting was like? The the firing? I just I gotta get in there. I gotta feel like I'm in the room. The CEO and the, the main like principal uh, investor guy, he was the one who I walked in one Monday morning and he brought me into a room and, and gave me the news and he actually was crying, uh, telling me What? He's like, Man, I I fucked. He's like, I, I really don't wanna do this, but you know, we gave this other person the the authority to do what he feels is right in the lab and he made the decision he wasn't there <laughs> the guy that made no, the decision he didn't even have fucking tell me himself. fuck he should have had to come and do it he should have had to come and yeah this is why corporate america sucks you know what i mean <laughs> so yeah. cowardly the guy that wants to get rid of you never has to look you in the eye and fucking tell you and tell you why which is another complaint i have about being fired you're never allowed to plead your case and try to get your job back yeah it's just looked at as groveling <laughs> and the but, guy who did get rid of me did send a message again through the grapevine that hey if i ever needed a reference anywhere or wanted to put him down, he would have nothing but good things to say about me and he would highly recommend me to any job I applied for. Like, yeah, then why the fuck did you get rid of me? You got such good things to say, asshole. Yeah, yeah, wow, wow, wow. <laughs> I am a, really fucking, I am, I, I, I am really shocked by this, Chi. I'm very shocked. Now, I have a yeah, question I was, for I was, you. I have a question for you yeah. that might come off insensitive in light of what you just said <laughs> do you know how to like measure the thc milligrams when you make edibles is there like a way for a layman to do that i mean without real testing equipment not really but what you can do is if you know that the testing results of the, the strain that you're starting with or of the bud that you're starting with you could like do a rough calculation based on, you know, you could assume 90% extraction and then calculate out how much is in the starting material that you're making. Do you know if the but testing, without, um, how expensive is having the testing? How expensive is the testing? $30,000. Fuck, oh, yeah. right, let's get that with the Patreon. Let's, <laughs> let's put that on the list for the Patreon. Well, you know what? There's something that... Um, Damn it. There was, um, I actually got this on Instagram. I can't remember the name of it. It was a targeted ad, but there is a little dongle thing that you plug into your iPhone and it has like a, like a microscopic camera on it. You can take pictures of your weed and it will tell you how much THC is in it. I'm going to try to find it. <laughs> I definitely but that saw doesn't that. help though, right? No, that's what he needs though. If we know the THC level and we assume a 90% extraction rate, then from there we can assume however much from there. Yeah. Oh my God. That sounds yeah, like an happen. insane, ca that calculation to me sounds impossible. That 90 formula sounds <laughs> no, hard. 90% of reported THC. Okay. So what I'm saying is that, okay. So yeah. So I got this butter. Okay, so here's what we're saying. Okay, we got this weed. We do the iPhone thing. Which I found it. Sounds like it doesn't work. I found it. Okay, it's no way it works. It's eighty dollars. Doesn't work. Test for percentage of I'm very busy on working, but let me. I'm gonna send it to you. I'm. I'm not gonna do an ad for them. It's eighty bucks. Though. <laughs> All right. 
Is this possible, Chi? There's no way this is possible. That you could plug a thing into an iPhone and take a picture. Make an estimate based on like, you know, how trichome covered it is and mm. stuff. But definitely not gonna be anything like running it through testing equipment. There's not science. There's that. science behind it. No, there's not. It's a fucking it is a wish.com thing, probably. No, it's not. Or it's <laughs> Send this to Chi, please. I don't know if you can send it to him and he can see it right now. They use training algorithms. I don't even know what that what? fucking means. Exactly. I know it's you science. read those, but Brett know, read those words and was like, oh, that's some scientific stuff. <laughs> this probably works. I don't think it works. They're saying, I, they're saying that they can do plus or minus 3% on average. But Chi is here saying the equipment costs thirty thousand dollars to get 100 percent, we're getting plus or minus three on this there are but some even... some cheaper versions of the test out there but they're still using like spectroscopy and stuff it's not like just looking at it and, and telling you it's, it's still but doing even chemical analysis even when we find out how much thc is in the bud and then we make it into butter and we assume a 90 percent extraction rate then we have to somehow know how much of the butter to use to make a 10 milligram edible. And that's what yeah, I'm confused I, about. It's, it's tough to be exact with it. Um, it shouldn't be, man. It's rock and roll, man. It shouldn't be precise, dude. <laughs> it's how you feel. It's not, this, it's not, a, it's not a fucking medicine. It's not Advil. <laughs> it's whatever it is when we made it, and you have to deal with it. You don't get to just be told how high you're going to get from something. You find out when you take it. But that's why I'm down on Advil. If it works, you're good. If it doesn't, take more. Yeah, I mean, that's why I'm down on edibles, really. Because I live in an illegal state. I can't just go buy edibles that are measured out, and I can't measure out the edibles, and... It just feels like I don't want to fucking for four hours have nine one dialed on my phone or be fucking <laughs> rolling around in my bed till so I can't hear my heartbeat. You know what I mean? Like I don't want that. I'll mail you a couple of no, don't trust this shit. I'm not. Yeah, my brother took two of your pills, buddy, and uh, he dialed nine one. Dialed nine. He dialed nine. He dialed nine. He dialed nine, and he. He was flip. He said he's net. And dude, my brother is a big guy, very strong man who has a very high tolerance for everything. And he ate one of those pills and said, I don't think it's doing anything. So he ate the other one. And we had told him, like, don't oh, fucking man. eat. Only eat one, man. And even one is going to be a lot. And he was just like, I'll eat two. And it <laughs> fucking flipped his wig. We got three of those at my house. And you know what we call them at my house? They're the suicide pills. My wife. <laughs> Every once in a while, we'll grab one and be like, I think I'm going to do it tonight. And then be like, no, nah, I don't think I'm ready for this. And just walk away. I don't want to die tonight. But there's three of them sitting by our edibles. And my wife has said a few times that she's like, so if for listeners that don't know, she gave us like these capsules of uh, uh, concentrated THC that are, I mean, the most potent thing you can probably i can't imagine a more potent yeah this should be illegal those, <laughs> things, uh, those are black market for a reason because they should not be readily available i mean you should have to have an extra special license to buy them 
You know yeah, what I mean? I have to I have to go to like a rave. Like I have to go to I have to go to something that's going to take over all of my attention for like six hours <laughs> to make that thing make sense. Yeah, yeah. So it's like uh it's like we can't you send us a chocolate and it's really it's gonna probably be two thousand milligrams and I'm gonna take it <laughs> and I'm gonna fucking have like some kind of a journey through the mind. I don't want that. I just wanna feel a little stoned. You know what I like? Can I just say to the listeners, here's what I like. I like about three things in my life. I like Xanax. I like uh, one-to-one. Um, I like one-to-one vape carts. And I like one-to-one edibles. And I think that is pretty much it. I'll eat 20, 30 milligrams of one-to-one edibles and feel great, not freak out or anything like that. You know? But uh, the yeah. regular edibles... They'll get me. I will freak out on 10 milligrams sometimes just because it's just like it comes on and you're like, holy shit. Yeah, I hardly use marijuana anymore unless uh, it's got like a good amount of CBD in it because just the straight THC stuff does make me flip out. It is crazy. I don't know how people I like my wife will do it, too, where she's just like, I'm going to eat like 30 milligrams of my wife will get flipped out on it and then even when she's fucked up she, it doesn't even look like she's having a good time but then at the end she was like oh that was kind of nice you know I had a little had a little nice little time hmm. there you know yeah. what I mean? we went to detroit for the means tv launch and we we stopped at a um a recreational place on the way which i mean the recreational in michigan sucks ass yeah i mean but it wasn't great i bought a pack of gummies and Erica was like, why are they already gone? And I was like, because it was only 100 milligrams? Like, that, how is that going to last for well, a week? How could that last for longer than a week? The thing is, I have those one-to-one watermelon uh, gummies. And I've been eating two a night since we've been back. So, I'm burnt. I ate three Friday night because I was up all late and shit. Yeah. And it's just like, why? Why am I doing this? You know? We love it. I do. I like weed I've still. Some of the stuff that's like lower dosed for edibles, I actually really like because I can get that like slight body buzz without, yeah, needing to freak out for five hours. No, yeah. I, I'm also, I'm actually, I am, I have a magical butter machine to make edibles and I'm going to move towards that, I think. But I do agree that I love, like, I've gotten five milligram mints before. And those are just so great because you can dial it in so perfectly. Yeah. So you're not like ever pushing the envelope just like as needed you just keep ramping it up until you're comfortable and then all of a sudden you're like man i haven't smoked weed all day but i've been fucking stoned and it's like oh it's these mints that's what it is well yeah i had some 2.5 milligram one-to-one ones and i was just carrying on me everywhere and and like i'd eat one I'd be like, well, I'm a little buzzed, but you know, nothing's really going on. It's two and a half milligrams. So I'd eat two. And then I think five might be my dose that I enjoy. Cause I like 10 too. I'll eat a 10 milligram. But once you start getting over 10 milligrams, I can't. I can't anymore. Last Easter, two Easter's ago, I ate 50 milligrams and fucking absolutely <laughs> flipped out on Easter. Now I was also on like four hours of sleep. Yeah. So 50 is my fave. What? 50 would be my pill. If I had just 50 milligram pills I could munch all day, it would be good for me. Yeah. It just sucks that these legal <laughs> states have gotten us so baby about it. Like, I want it. Like, not you, personally. But for me, it's like, I want to know what milligrams no, I do everything too. is. And it's like, that was there was no expectation of that even three years ago. 
<laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it's a matter of, uh, I mean, weed does make me a better person and makes me more functional and more productive. And the more information I have about it, the better I'm able to like keep this thing rolling. I'm paying fucking, I'm paying property taxes now. <laughs> weed has done wonders for their fucking world. You That's know? true. That's true. I'm looking at meters now just to see. All right, we got to get off. We got to get off the phone. Chief. Yeah, Chief, thanks, thanks for calling, for calling buddy. Appreciate it. I did want to say, uh, real quick, uh, the actual reason I called in. Okay. Uh, real quick, the reason I called in is uh, so when I first lost my job there, like it really, I was in a bad state and I hadn't been dealing with my own mental health for a while because I'd been so busy. Um, so I just took some time off and you know collected myself and whatever. But I wanted to say that your show was you know something i really enjoyed that through all of that and you know been listening for a long time but at a really low point there i loved being able to tune into you guys and have solidarity with with folks and with y'all and talking about shitty job stuff and whatever and finally felt like i've come enough come along enough to call in again and update y'all but just wanted to say like you know just a thank you to you guys because i don't know how often people call in just to say like hey good job Love the show and everything. Well, thank you. That's very nice of you to say. Yeah, you're you're a great guy. Can't wait to hang out with you again. I will see you someday in the future. Wait, you're. Buy you I, I hate to ask you. I'm not trying to dox you or anything. Are you a Florida guy? Yeah, and, uh, I'm hoping well, to move to New York. Though. Well, I mean, by but April, we'll be in Florida by April. Uh, I, I should be here in April. I mean, she, worst case, I can come back home and. Gee, we're going to be there in April. The f we're going to be in Tampa on April 29th, and then we have uh, Orlando, Ooh. Jacksonville, and... April 29th? April 29th. Oh, sorry. March 29th, and we're going to be in... Uh, but we're, we're going to be in Tampa for five days, and then we're doing Orlando, Jacksonville, and Miami, too. So uh, I hope we okay. see you, man. I mean, this is really cool to be down here. Like, I'm trying to find a job in New York city. Um, Damn. Cause I'd, I'd really like to be there. It's tough getting something worked out, moving that far away. So most likely I'll still be down here working odd jobs and shit. So I'd love to hang out again, guys. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Thanks for calling Chi. Peace. For sure. Thanks for taking the call. Let me if I gotta go use the restroom. Okay. Pick Wait, up another call. Another call. I'll talk to the You're not caller. supposed to say that out loud. Well, you can go to the bathroom, buddy. Disgusting. Buddy. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Oh no, that's we great. We got pranked. So neat. YouTube, we love y'all. Love to hear from YouTube. I hear that's a big platform to get involved with. How many? Where are we at? Thanks for calling Street Hello? Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, this is Dom, Portland. What's up? How you doing tonight? Oh, you know, uh, I'm good. I'm loving that you're talking about edibles because I got a 50 milligram of Rice Krispie on my desk over here. <laughs> Are you about to eat it? I mean, I know that's a dumb question. No, but... I, I've, I've been smoking. I'm probably going to eat it tomorrow. <laughs> 50 milligrams at one time. You, you, uh, Oregon is the place, though. I, like, all I want is somebody from Oregon yeah. to mail me weed. <laughs> Like, I will not have, do that. I, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I just put it out there. But uh, also, uh, <laughs> but also, uh, uh, you guys have the best prices there, man. 
Yeah, no, this, this little Rice Krispies, uh, 50 milligrams, it was $6. Yeah. Uh, and the place I go to, they like have a neighborhood discount. They give me 15% off because I show my bus pass. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, uh, my favorite thing recently, though, that I wanted to tell you about is uh, when you come here, there's weed hot sauce that you can buy. So, oh, really? Do you use that? that? Do you yeah, use it? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, the, 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 the uh, max you can get at the, the weed shops around here is 50 milligrams in any item. So it's like a little uh, squeeze bottle of uh, like Louisiana hot sauce, but it's it's fifty milligrams of, of weed, so it's, it's pretty nice. Oh, okay. Everything's I, I mean, like a sweet, you know. Everything's like a little pastry, right? Like, yeah, yeah. That's the, that's probably that's kind of what I wonder about. Like Brett's talking about moving to edibles, and it's like, but you have to eat like when you make them at home, you have to eat like a cake to get high exactly. but like if they, i mean hot sauce seems like a like a pretty ideal situation you can just toss that on your food and just eat it up yeah man i, I live across the street from popeyes so i go get a chicken sandwich and then i put some fucking pop sauce on it and i have a good day like. <laughs> <laughs> that's so fucking funny holy shit oh i'm looking at anyway um uh, okay uh, the reason I called in, and it's, it's going back to someone else called in, is uh, coronavirus and, and like the economic like fucking mayhem that's going on. Um, so uh, I live in Portland. I've been doing like tenant organizing, like tenant unions and shit like that. Like we're trying to get real rent control in our state. Um, and I like because there's so much like you know potential instability and chaos. Like I think the new call that we need to have just like as people on the left, as, you know, people who, like, want uh, people not to get fucked by, like, continual disasters. When you say, like, you know, no more evictions, you know, during this crisis, right? Like, don't, don't let landlords kick people out because you, don't, you can't go work at, uh, you know, the fucking Memorial Center where we do our giant, uh, uh, whatever you call it, uh, performances. Because, you know, things are going to start getting shut down because people died up in Washington, or one person died. Um, so... You know, I don't think it's going to kill a bunch of people, but I think the economic, you know, like impacts on everyone else is what we need to like take some preventive measures and like just talk about it, right? Like, just get the fucking, you know, words out there, like no more evictions, right? Like, we already are in a housing crisis. We're going to hit, get hit by another wave of like disruptions and disaster, and it's just uh, we got to have, you know, a different vision, right? Like, well, right, it, and I do hmm. agree that like the thing I've the thing I've mostly thought about with this really is about how like people like go that the thing that worries me the most is people go to work sick and yeah. uh they can say that they don't want you to come in sick i've had so many bosses say yeah you know we don't want you to come in sick. you know uh uh if you're sick you just call in when you get hired you know if you're sick you just call in yeah. we don't want you to come here if you're sick believe me but every time i call well, like, in cool. i feel okay but i need 200 dollars to pay my rent right like yeah uh, i gotta take a day off but i gotta choose to stay in my house or not like what the fuck <laughs> yeah yeah i mean we truly do need i think it would be a good ideal i i think it would be a good idea to just have like we could we need to talk about paid sick days and stuff like that yeah. because that kind of thing is it, it will be devastating if they close a bunch of stuff down and what the fuck are they going to do for us? Nothing. They'll do nothing for the people yeah, who aren't earning money or anything like that. If it gets shut down. I mean, I'm fairly confident that I'm fairly confident that people are going to do. I, I'm fairly confident that they, that they won't stop public 
like things here in the United States. I'm, I'm, I feel pretty confident of that and maybe I'll be proven wrong, <laughs> but, um, I, I think that like our motivation is mainly money. And even if it spreads this fucking thing, people are just going to be like, uh, People are just going to be like, I mean, yeah, you know, but we got to like, have Vince. We have to have this Motley Crue concert tonight or the coronavirus wins sort of thing. Well, just just, just even like all the implications, everything that's going on, right? Like, you know, uh, the CDC is taking it really seriously. It's telling us prepare for disruptions. And yeah, the yeah, yeah. It drops like 3000 points in a week. Like there's weird shit going on. And, I, you know, there's there's already fine. I'm not very far little financial, you know, financially averse, but uh they're saying don't expect you know a V like to go back up like a correction the other way. So uh, one thing I live in like uh, the east side of Portland, which is like known as kind of like the Chinese part. And one thing that's kind of just just like a very material like effect of it, people aren't going to get Chinese food because they think I'll get coronavirus. So you know like that's, it, small business whatever the tyrants, but you're like <laughs> so they're good. <laughs> and we don't want all the people who work at these fucking businesses to lose their jobs and tips because. People are too racist to go eat because they think they're going to get coronavirus. Because that's like a part True. of it. That has been uh, happening, I've heard. A lot of panic. And anyway, I still go get stuff in my house all the time. But <laughs> yeah, I have heard that, though. I, I have heard uh, the. Uh, yeah. The the I, I I listened to some of the shock jock like Howard Stern and one of the guys on there was saying he's not eating Chinese food and it's like come on, dude. My <laughs> ass, dude. They, well, Howard Stern, to to be fair, he yeah. was actually saying that. Well, they're American. They they like they live here. They're not like it's not like a disease that spread throughout your race. It's like a proximity thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you got to be fair. I make fun of the guy a lot for a lot of the bad stuff he said, but uh, you know, I got I got to be fair when it's fair. But yeah, there were a couple guys on there that said they're not eating Chinese food, and I was like, I don't even think they know why they're not eating. Well, they're not eating it because they're racist, but <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, uh. Yeah, um, thanks for calling. Anyway. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Have a good I night. I was the first one on YouTube, but uh, people are talking about benzos on the fucking Twitch. That's weird. <laughs> oh, I would do anything for some benzos. That's the problem, right? Is I can't get benzos from anybody. Nobody got those fucking things. My doctor won't give them to me. I, I could go to a psychiatrist that would probably prescribe me medicine to help me but my doctor doesn't want me to go to a psychiatrist probably because she doesn't want me to get medicine and uh so i continue to just be on a wait list to make an appointment with a therapist so you still haven't made progress on that i'm on the list they haven't got back to you do anything else yeah i can't do anything other than be on the list they haven't called me back I'm on a wait list to make an appointment and then I'll get an appointment. <laughs> that sucks. Well, I don't know what to do. It's all, it's based on a recommendation from your doctor. She referred me to a place. I also tried to send emails off to people from psychology today and none of them answered back. The only place that's answered back and said they could get me in is a place that said they do medication management psychiatry. And, uh, you know, that'd probably be good for you. I think it would be too, but I, I don't know what my doctor would do. Like, would be weird about it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Sharon no, I, I I'm don't. A druggie. She you know? sucks ass. Well, yeah, you might be right, but 
I mean, you're just gonna. Is it like a bit that you're gonna just stay with her? It's not a bit. It's <laughs> it is like uh, I don't what? know what else I mean, to do. I'm used to it. Go to somebody else, man. You really got to try to talk to somebody else that's more serious. I'm used to this though. I feel like comfortable with this. Going to a new doctor, I would feel uncomfortable. Yeah, that's true. You that kind be... of stuff makes me nervous. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess just keep it up. How it's going? Things are going fine. <laughs> With her as your doctor, she seems to be the best choice for your medic for your mental health. Yeah, I mean that's the she thing that does bother job. me. That does bother me that like it's a mental health thing, and she's just like, "Don't go see somebody that's going to give you medicine because medicine's not going to fix this." Uh huh. I was like, "Well, you give me well, then what's the medicine that you give me doing?" Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why am I still always sad and freaked out? You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I just feel like we've. Uh, she's become a villain on the show for a while now, and uh, I feel like you should be triumphant over her and like create a new chapter in your life without her opinion. Well, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I definitely am gonna. Cons- I've been considering it. I just. I don't, I don't think pill, pills aren't going to solve your problem. You have been doing pills, like the stuff. You do have to learn some sort of technique to I can't do that make your make things different in your life I can't get into a person right right that would help me do that I am putting forth as much effort as I possibly can into getting there I'm just stuck in this place yeah you know I can't like make them move me up on the list I wish I could be like hey sir I'm a podcaster so it's very important that you get me in here or something like that you know what I mean like I don't understand. Was it? It's it. It's like it's like a video game at the library. Like this is a very when I rare called, thing. When I called, I said I'd like to make a, a new patient appointment, and she said, uh, "Well, currently there is a wait list to make a new patient appointment." And I was like, uh, "Like so, I have to wait, and then I can make an appointment with the place." And she was like, "Yes," and I said. All right, put me on the list. Is this the only one? Huh? Is this the only one? Um, I can't. I tried. So I went to Psychology Today on Google and I searched for doctors, and uh, I sent like ten emails out, and none of them responded. And like the they say not to call on the profiles. They say to like do through email or whatever, and they just they just didn't. Nobody responded. I'm okay. being very rejected. Is, ha- okay. is, is the thing. So wow. modern wow. medical science can't fix this brain, buddy. They're like, that's too much of a job, I guess. I don't yeah. know. I've yeah, been trying, I mean, man. I would avoid that email too if I was to had the job of answering the emails. I just pretend like I didn't see some of them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> make less. Well, I try to be as. Pr- I'm pretty normal. I like my emails are just like, hey. uh... I have a lot of anxiety and depression. It's been going on for a long time. And uh, uh, my doctor thinks I need to get in to see somebody for therapy. And then that's it. And I give my name and stuff like that. And I don't just go start... into like my fucking like, I'm always sad. No, I don't think sometimes you... I feel like I'm going to no, cry. I didn't mean that. No, I'm just saying that like, as like the person that gets those emails, though, a certain a few of them, you just like let them fall to the wayside. Yeah. Yeah. And see who bothers to follow up with you. Yeah. Like, they're just trying to get out of work. They're just like, ah, fuck, I'm not going to answer this email. Yeah, but I, like, don't want to go. I mean, and I realize this is, I guess, maybe uh, uh, a baby thing. I don't, 
I don't want somebody that like wants to get out of the work of doing it. You know what I mean? Like somebody, cause I have tried therapy another time in my life. And, uh, the reason I quit going is because I went to one appointment and then the doctor canceled on me two times in a row after that. And I was uh, like, ah, you know what? This, this ain't, yeah, seems, this ain't great. Yeah. This rejection. It's not a good feeling. It's not Again, good feeling. it feels like rejection. It's, it's just a very, I don't, like I said, I, I don't really know. Uh, I, I, I guess like, Dude. I don't know how to get through it. I don't yeah. know what I'm supposed to do. There's, it feels yeah. like there's no option. I mean, no, it is. And I, I'm not trying to grill you too hard, but that's enough. If you call the number and they say, Hey, we're going to put you on a list to get onto a list that you did enough. You, that's all you were supposed to do is call and talk to those people. And they're telling you to sit around and twiddle your thumbs until we can fucking get to you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's uh, why I've considered them truthfully. Like, I don't want to be a dude that's, I, I don't, I don't want to go to a place that I think might kind of be a benzo pill mill. Like, which is, I don't know. I just found it. Are they doing that though? I mean, when I called them, they were like, uh, well, we can get you in next Wednesday. We mainly do medication management. It's not oh, talk gotcha. therapy. Uh, and I sort of felt like, okay, like I've had trouble with pills before. I really like benzos, but my relationship with them is like arm's length. Like I can't, I rarely get them. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I get them like every two months or whatever. Yeah. And like, uh, they're uh, looking for somebody that is trying to wean themselves off of it or right? wean themselves onto it. I think it's, like it seems like the type of place I would go. They would talk to me for like a minute, and they were like, "Here's a benzo, and here's an antidepressant." Oh, you know okay. what I mean? That's yeah. and like that would I think that would fuck with my self esteem in a weird way. As in, like I feel like I'm signing up to get into this thing. Like I would like to go talk to this. I would like to go talk to a psychiatrist and have a few appointments, and then like if they were able to decide to prescribe me something, then I would, I'd like be a lot more comfortable with that than I would be just going to a place knowing that I'm probably going to, you know, I'm yeah. probably going to get exactly what I fucking want, which I don't need around my house. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I don't need 30 of them, you know, three to five of them. Oh, I'd be so fucking happy with it. I don't want 30 of them. I, I will get addicted to them on that first script. I'll take them every night. Yeah. There's no fuck. I'll probably take them twice a day. You know what I mean? And and like I don't I don't need that. So yeah, I don't know position. yet. I mean, I I I I'm I'm like. Uh, I think you got to break away if you really don't want to be miserable all the time. Everything is going to be different. Everything about your life will be brand new. There will because it's ingrained in every part of your existence to be the miserable fucking way you are right now. And yeah. you're, it's going to be. Not just a different doctor. It's going to be a different point of view and a different way of thinking about the world. But you have to, you do kind of just have to put a line in the sand and stop dealing with this bullshit. Cause like this is too fucking stupid to yeah. be sitting around and dealing with this with your doctor and the, the treatment that you're receiving. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's much treatment happening, to tell you the truth. I mean, my doctor is, like, connected right to all the mental health stuff. Like, they can just get you an appointment upstairs and take care of it. It's, like, so smooth. But that's what I thought I was getting. So, but here's another side of this. Also, the doctor, the place that they uh, 
referred me to was called Sintero Inc. And the name gives me anxiety. Sintero? Sintero Inc. They uh-huh. made sure to put the incorporated on it. Yeah. And the whole thing money gives maker. me anxiety. Sintero does sound like an evil product from the future. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you know, the, the dystopian government's making everybody Sintero. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, just... I don't know, man. Hmm. I don't know. The whole system feels like geared toward just making money and profiting off of whatever this is. And like, I would love to fucking sit down and talk to somebody. I've tried it like three times in my life and it just didn't work. Or, you know, it's not that it didn't work. It was that like my first therapist fucking said, "Ah, I can't do anything for you. Uh And then my next one was the one that quit two times. And then I haven't been able to get into one since. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's get this last call in. Okay, sorry. <laughs> last caller, thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Don't tonight? be. Are you pranking? Don't be racist. Hello, hello, hello. Who's this? Hi, my name is Pat. Hi, Pat. How are you? I'm pretty good. All right, what's up? I uh, well, I've uh, been listening to you guys for a year or so. Never called in, so thanks for taking the call. I know it's late. Um, I kind of want to just talk about Bernie Sanders real quick. Go for it. Uh, basically, basically, I want to just put it in people's ears that if, uh, you know, first of all, actually, I'd like to say that I'm glad that you guys even talk about Bernie Sanders really at all. So you guys are kind of a, let's get rid of government and burn the whole thing down. And uh, (laughs) I can't really argue with that. But, I mean, uh, we have. Anyways. I mean, we have been. I mean, I, I, I do think that like, I got frustrated with some of the heat I get, but we are absolutely very amenable to the cause. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But anyways, um, it's pretty inspiring that it really is kind of run off of a grassroots campaign of millions of people getting out there and doing things, and. Um, with Tuesday, Super Tuesday come right up, I just wanted to um, just kind of get it out into the air for anybody that's sort of really feeling the burn, but it hasn't necessarily made a move to, like, make phone calls or go knock on doors, that it's pretty fun, and you can really, really make a difference, because it's kind of not just an anecdote. It's really the way this whole thing is going. And if it makes you kind of nervous, um, it makes me nervous as hell every time I do it. I'm yeah. not real natural. I'm pretty to uh, call you guys and talk about it on the phone right now, actually. But, <laughs> but um, it's really important. We can get uh, we can push for that Medicare for all, so we can get dental and mental. You guys are just talking about things that you're not getting from the medical system. I think we all have that. Um, and yeah, I just. It's just that we all know that it's uh, an uphill battle against the DNC right now. Yeah. You know I what? Of, I think a lot of people don't realize that um, if we want to win, we can't just get the most votes. <laughs> we actually have to get more than everybody else combined. Well, the and then there's the... I mean, it's a matter, I think, it, it comes down to... Uh, in this life, we are all completely alone. We are all only 
we all have the thoughts inside of our minds and we live our own life and we see things outside of our own heads. Uh, but the amount of folks that have coalesced behind the Bernie Sanders cause and the campaign is something that is unde undeniable to everybody else that is there with them. Like that's where the camaraderie comes in is when people are out there and advocating and working and canvassing and doing all those things, they saw other people that are there with them. And that's something that doesn't come easy to somebody that is a Trump supporter or a Mike Bloomberg supporter or a Klobuchar or Buttigieg. Those people are going to work, they're getting their food from a drive through window, and they're pulling into their garage so that they don't have to talk to their neighbors, and they aren't out there, um, you know, ex like having a shared experience with people the way things this thing is working, you know? Yeah, for sure. So, um... Yeah, it's, uh... Hey, go ahead. Well, what I was going to say, so what I'll do, I think I have it. I think I have it. I have it open. But Kristen from the DNC did invite me to go canvas. I think I'll go do it this Saturday. Let me tell you, uh, uh, I actually went right into, I, so I went into the chat right after uh, I left your house a couple weeks ago when you said nobody asked me to canvas. And I texted Kristen. I went into the chat and said, Brett wants to canvas. And she was like, I'm going to make it happen. So she did. <laughs> Do it, man. I think, like, you'll be way... I think you'll be way better at it than me only because, like, you know how to, like... Uh, I was always back of the house kind of guy. And I know you were, too, when you worked at restaurants or something. But, like, I'm very good at this and, like, talking to people in my life or, like, doing performance on stage. But in one-on-one... -on -one, situation with somebody i don't know i'm very nervous and i feel like you are way more outgoing than me and way more willing to talk to somebody have a conversation with somebody you don't know than i am very much so yeah and like uh i think you'll be great i think you'll love it to tell you the truth it's such a why every time you knock on that door yeah, you could be getting into a wild situation. It's a roll of the dice. <laughs> so I want to say along with well, so because Erica now wants to get a Bernie Sanders sign for the yard because there's a couple people in our neighborhood and I honked. I wanted to honk at their houses. Um, but so in in the other thing is that after I go and canvas, I'm going to take those materials and I'm going to go canvas that Bloomberg house. Oh God! I just want to have some legitimate stuff so it doesn't look like them target targeting them. But there is a house right around the corner for me that has a Mike Bloomberg sign and a Black Lives Matter sign, and I'm gonna go fucking do a targeted harassment on them. No, you're gonna be do vigilante canvassing. <laughs> right there, we go. That's you're what gonna it's canvass. <laughs> I mean, you know, we probably lost them anyway, so it's worth it to go and be like, hey, what? You know, what's the deal with these two signs? Seem incompatible. <laughs> You just got to hope they're, I mean, they'll probably be open to listening, but I do think a lot of people pick Bloomberg because they like the police stuff. Just letting you know, I see that a lot. I hear that a lot on like radio and stuff like that, that I have to listen to. That's bad. See, but I have this leverage, the Black Lives Matter sign. I have that leverage against them. Like but I can like, just beat them over the head with that. Yeah. I mean, if anything, they'll probably just get rid of their Black Lives Matter sign and keep the Mike Bloomberg sign. I mean, up. you're assuming they're white, though. No, I don't care who, what color they are. Oh, I, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, they probably could also believe both, but I do feel like those two movements are incompatible, and Mike Bloomberg has probably said something about 
Black Lives Matter, like called them a, he, a, a terrorist organization or something. Did I'm sure. stop and frisk. I well, I That's know, enough. but he's probably specifically referenced the movement too. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, thanks for calling. I think people. I I think like if you had uh, look, here's what I think. I think that if you are on the fence about canvassing, can't can, I say canvassing? Canvassing. Yeah, can't. We've been talking about cannabis. So I do much, canvas. So. Um, but if if you're if you're considering canvassing and you just need somebody to sort of tell you, uh, this is what I tell everybody. A lot of people that I talk to, they even want to try stand up, and they're like, I don't know. It's like. If you're considering it and you think it's in your like uh power to do this, then I suggest trying it. Yeah. Like don't be on the fence about stuff like this yeah. because it only leads to later on in life feeling like you were a regret sitter and regret. Re yes. Regret, you do not want regret. Mhm. Mm it's a better story yeah. to it's a better story to say I went canvassing one time and got embarrassed over and over again. You can tell that story and actually have people on your side and have a great fucking cocktail hour. You yeah. Know? Like you can like I've always said like eating like a bad experience at a restaurant can also sometimes be pretty fucking memorable. The yeah. same, you know what I mean? The it's the same with uh yeah. it's the same with the canvassing. If if you think that you can do it, you might as well just go for it because no one's if no one's recording it, there's no evidence that it happened. You just have to live with the you know all the embarrassment inside of your your own head, but it goes away eventually. Yeah, oh. and there's Good kind of that. there's kind of a built-in sort of power up right now at this stage because for the most part, you're not going to be talking with a lot of people that are like avid Trump supporters or something. Right, like most of the people are very likely Bernie supporters, and you're just you're just giving them a little, a little push to go actually get out to the poll and vote. Because people will forget when I was knocking on doors in Reno, most people were huge supporters, and they didn't even know that the election was like a few days away. They right. didn't even know. And I told them, and I told them where they needed to go, and they got all super excited about it. <laughs> just you know, and those people are going to go vote, and they wouldn't have. And you can do it on your phone. And it's just, it's easy. It's yeah, that's easy. important. It, it's it's nerve-wracking, but at least for me. But it's not hard. You kind of just treat it like a video game on the phone. It's like, well, you know. Yes. You know, you get, sometimes you get good points. Sometimes you get bad points. It doesn't really matter. You just move on to the next stage. Put put on your tie of persuasion that gives you an extra bonus in uh, social interactions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, can I say uh, one more thing that I think you'll like before I get off the phone, though? Yep. Yeah. Because um, when I didn't start listening, I never listened to this live before, so I had to figure out how. Anyways, so I missed most of the episode, but I um, when I came in, it seems like there was sort of a on the fence or something about Mean TV, and I was curious how <laughs> you guys are going to be talking about it. And I Mean TV is fucking badass. Yeah, I mean, we're obviously going to plug yeah, our show. I'm a big fan. Yeah, we're obviously going to plug our show. We have a TV show coming on there in March, and uh, we right, right, right. we're not afraid to talk about what we do. And I personally, as just talent on there, I'm not. I don't do anything else. It, I'm. That's all I am. It's just I'm one of the people that's on it. Uh, I think it's great, and I think it. 
I think it's exciting and it it is like really offering me and Brett an opportunity to do a very cool thing and giving us a hundred percent creative freedom to do the thing that we want to do. And uh that's an exciting prospect for me. Yeah, that it's is, it's very cool, yeah. I mean it's it's not I mean it's not a it's not being on the defense. It's just a matter of uh, there is a lot of great ideas surrounding this thing, but it did take a, a couple years of planning and work to get it done. Um, now that it's where it's at, we'll definitely are working on making it, you know, something, something expanding on what we can offer. Um, but earlier, you know, it was just somebody that called in and talked about doing, you know, entertainment or things that didn't revolve around like capitalism or class reductionism or whatever it may be, which is understandable. I mean, but it is everybody is starving right now for an honest take on politics in the world. And I think once we have that, I would love to do a diners, drive ins and dives. I would love to just go and talk to fucking co-ops about how they make their sloppy joes. Or whatever it is, and or and never talk about <laughs> politics. I would love to do music. I would love to do art and any other thing. You know, it's just it's tough to get to get everything all in on the you know at the launch. Yeah, we want to. We me and Brett recently talked about this is way far in the future, but I want to do an Alaska show and a Hawaii show as like a just a fucking thing you know where it's like places that nobody goes to i just want to go to alaska and i want to do a show in hawaii and like do a documentary about it and i know i'll hate alaska why would i like alaska it seems like hell to me alaska we're gonna have to take our family we got to do that cruise the only people that the only reason people want to go to alaska is that fucking cruise so the only time you we that's all we got to do is take our family to that cruise and then we'll never have to hear it again about it again for the rest of our lives. I don't think my family cares about Alaska. They want to do the cruise. My you, does? Your family has probably has a pin saved on places I want to go for that Alaskan cruise. It's not happening, Katie. I know you're listening. Maybe uh Gwen wants to go too. She does not. Gwen she wants to do an Alaskan not. cruise. Nobody in my family has ever said these things to me. They do. Okay. Everybody wants. They got me to nervous. They did. They they never said it. I'll Every, bet you if I I can guarantee telling Gwen we're thinking about going to Alaska, she'd be like, "Why? Like, why would we do that?" I want to know. I want to know the response for real. I'll ask her. Because all I've ever heard about is these Alaskan cruises on ever to everybody I've talked to over the last ten years. People just want to get the one cruise in where they get to look at icebergs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be nice. Uh, but yeah, uh, we have so many ideas. In the future, Brett's got ideas that he's going to do on his own. I have ideas that I'll probably... I mean, I, I don't know if I'll pitch anything uh, because I'm lazy. But, you know, there's a lot of stuff I'd like to try. It's just about... It's about giving people the... I think when it came out, it needed to be what it is currently. Because people needed to see an example of what socialist-based yeah. entertainment can be. And I think as it grows, right. it'll become a lot more diverse like content wise and uh it it'll it, there will be non-political things on there i can get i i think people will i mean there are also like a lot of things that you can touch on that are i mean depression and stuff like that is a political issue it's it's about 
the way people are living their lives and shit like that. So, like, you'll see a lot of stuff on there, I think, that, uh, that, that, that'll blow you away. I think they, they really offer, they have a lot of very talented people on that platform and they're giving all of those people creative freedom. And I think that, like, that's going to lead to some very cool stuff. Yeah. And giving them a job. Yeah, it is nice to have a job, too. <laughs> Somewhat. Well, uh, thanks for calling in. Uh, we are uh, 10 minutes over, so yeah. I, I'm out. Yeah, I don't know. The mean TV, it's so fucking annoying because you're dealing with people that are constant consumers so that we're literally three days away from the launch and already people are like, what, do, what, do, what else are you going to do besides this? Besides like starting this thing from fucking scratch and having yeah. all of this content that you have. What, what else are you going to do? Like, this not enough. You paid 10 fucking dollars. You got 20 some fucking movies on demand and people are still like, I don't know. Isn't that good? Really? It's just, you're, you're so fucking, you're so screwed in the brain because of the way you think about consumer culture shit. Sure. I don't think people you're are fucked. saying is that it I've seen. They most, are. I haven't seen it. Someone but. called in the goddamn show tonight and said, is that it? No, they didn't. They asked if in the future things there was going to be things that mm -hmm. weren't they weren't saying is this all that's on there yeah. i don't believe that we got bullied by a fucking teenager that doesn't know how good they have it no i don't think we did i think that person had a legitimate question one that we couldn't really answer because it's not our platform by the way so yeah they mean cv needs to get their own call-in show i'm tired of doing fucking customer service for them yeah what nothing uh, but the show's over all right well thanks for listening to street fight uh we'll see you on wednesday uh peace